Hello, and welcome back to the RGV Podcast. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers, back with you to finally wrap out that, that year that just happened. Yeah. 2021, mm-hmm. I think it was. This is our way of keeping it going longer, which is exactly how 2021 felt. This is the honest man's year in review, because, again, we're not professional critics, so we don't get to see all of this shit right. for free. We have to wait like peasants, like normal everyday moviegoers to yeah. get our hands on some stuff. We got and jobs. So... We can't be storming the Capitol and shit like that. I mean, we got, <laughs> we got jobs to go do. Because obviously we would have been there right. if we totally. didn't have to work. We would have been selling stuff. We'd have been selling uh, uh, duct tape to put over your phone lenses. Because how are you going to commit crimes on camera and then be complaining when you get sent to prison? I don't know. We haven't gotten topical in a bit. I've been a little tapped out of the news because I've been busy catching up on all these movies, man. And also, did you know? We're about to go to war? World War Three is about to happen? Yeah, yeah. I, I know. Did you know there's like seven really good TV shows all yes. running at the same time right now? I know. I'm, I'm stoked. It's I'm, a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're here to talk about the movies from last year. Right. Uh, the stuff that you're... You, you might be hearing more about because Oscars just got nominated. Of course, we'll have our predictions episode very, very soon. Mm-hmm. But uh, more on that later. We're here to nail down our individual top 10 list of the best films of 2021. Uh, on the whole, I was looking at my list mm-hmm. today. I, I basically keep a log of everything I saw. I saw 69 features. That's not counting. Nice. Uh, that's not counting <laughs> documentaries. Okay, I separated that out. Now, if I put the docs in the mix as well, we're up. We're in. You know, we're in the eighties probably. Eh, but it works. Anyways, of those sixty nine, I would say my top forty are like solid, good to great to fantastic to. Right. I, got a, I got a handful of masterpieces out there. Mm-hmm. I think compared to last year. Uh, I think 2021 much much better overall. Personally, the I stuff agree. I saw no, I than agree. 2020. Uh, so we got to see some movies in theaters. They may or may not be on our lists, but we saw some movies in theaters, yes. which was nice. We will uh, basically all we're here to do is we're going to talk you through our list, and we are going to highlight where you can find these because pretty much everything is available for. Uh, there's a there. There's definitely one or two that are still strictly theatrical only, but almost all of these are on VOD yes. or on a streaming service right. or will be very soon. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but and we're gonna basically advocate for why you should check them out. Yeah, I don't know who wants to go first. I'm gonna defer to you. You got your notebook open. I do. You got you're locked and loaded. I don't even have my notes up yet, so oh. you should definitely open. Give me your number ten. Favorite film of 2021. We're we're getting into it. No no preamble. Let's do it. Um, my number ten is Army of the Dead, available on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. From uh, Mr. Zack Snyder, yes. who had another notable release. Was Indeed. that this? Was yes, that 2021? It, it was. This, the, yeah. It's what happens, dude. Ever since this damn pandemic, we 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 roll through shit, and then we turn around. And we're like, wait, that was this year because we were talking about Judas and the Black Messiah. And the little things last January, but it feels like we talked about those movies decades ago now, but they were technically 2021 releases. It's weird. 
I mean, I love the early access on HBO Max. Don't get me wrong, but it also we get to these things, and I'm like, shit, that was only this year. It feels like it's been forever. Yeah, that movie in particular feels like it was forever ago. It's the little things, Jimmy. It's the little things that make it feel like it's forever. Is, is that coming up on this list? No, God. <laughs> you rated it like a nine at the time, I think. Yeah, well, things change. You know, better stuff comes out. It gets pushed back. Cooler heads prevail, perhaps? Maybe. Okay. Uh, anyways, go revisit that episode. Yeah. Uh, hotly debated film that I haven't heard anybody mention one word about since it came out. <laughs> uh, okay. Other than, didn't Jared Leto get an Oscar nomination for that? No, for Gucci. No. Did, oh, that year? Yeah, he did, I did, thought. Didn't he get a supporting nom I think that? so. Oh, bad choice. Bad. Yeah. See, again, bad year. Mm-hmm. Bad year 2020. Yeah. On, not just for the movies, but what happened? But mostly Oscars? for the movies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, Army of the Dead. Yes. Was my number 42. So I would say my top like 44, I feel pretty good about. I really enjoyed Army of the Dead. Me too. I had a great time with it. I just, it's amazing. Uh, we we to talked me. about it at the time. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm well, sorry. no, I mean, you, you, all this stuff I see with stuff coming out now, and you tell me that there's a member of that movie that was never on the same set as anybody else. I mean, it wasn't that long ago they were worried about how to put the sound and the image together. And now <laughs> you don't even have to be in the same fucking place. I mean, what a time to be alive, man. You don't even have to be the same age. You don't even have to show up. I no. mean, I know we're not talking about. Book of Boba Fett. Oh, but. yeah, no. You get a credit just for... I mean, I'm sure Mark Hamill is loving that residual check. It's his likeness. They, I mean, he's getting that money, baby. That's all it's about. But, yeah. So, that... I love the contained story of it all because I, I'm a little burnt out on, oh, my God, it's a zombie apocalypse. What are we going to do in this new world? It's like, nah, it's just this place. And if you can get in and get out... You could get rich. Is it worth dying for? I don't know. Let's find out. Did you watch the prequel sequel? No, I need to. The heist, the guy with the, the guy with the safe. Yeah, yeah. Dieter. Yeah. Who was arguably the most enjoyable like side character? I did not watch it either, but I was just I thought you might have. I have to sneak. I have to go out. back and check it out. Okay. Um. Cool. Army of the Dead. You're number yep. ten. Put Dave Batista in more stuff. That's all I'm saying. I mean, he seems to be doing just fine. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's out there. My number ten, which I immediately, I hope you, I hope you tell me to table it, but who knows? My number ten is the fourth film in a uh, beloved by me, maligned by many franchise uh, called The Matrix, and this particular film is called The Matrix Resurrections. Should I put it on the table? No, we can talk about it. Well, yeah, I, you can tell I've been holding off. Mm-hmm. We've teased discussing it, but you and I have not said word one about how you felt about it. I thought we talked about this after it came out. No, not in any kind of detail and not on mic. That must have been out like, yeah. You I, had not seen it when I like, yeah, because you did when I was it. there for Christmas. Yeah, no, because I saw it Thursday night before it opened. Uh, so the 22nd, because I think it opened on the 23rd. And I went to the theater for this one. Yeah. I think I watched it the same night it came out. Like, same day it came out. But we okay. used to talk about well, it. Well, I mean, obviously it didn't crack your top ten. Yeah. But how'd you feel about it overall? It uh, it was, to me, the best meditation. Up until I saw Scream 5 on... 
commenting on modern trends in cinema inside of a established filmic universe. It doesn't like it doesn't shit talk anything that was set up before. It doesn't trample on anything that was made and it doesn't make you ups- it doesn't say you're stupid for liking what came before, but it just gives you a new perspective on what it may have meant at the time for you. At least to me it does with the meditations on revamping a franchise and you know anytime you hear anybody talk about anything in a movie these days about movie making and media and how we perceive it now it's all quote-unquote meta and it's all just a this is what we think about what we're doing now and it's one of the better ones i've seen when it comes to that that is definitely one of the big narratives of this year and a big trend in movie making in general i almost want to do a giant deep dive podcast and i want to get the the brothers blanchard on here as well i think a four-man pod on kind of jumping off of scream five for Mm -hmm. instance but a a conversation about the recent like legacy sequels remake slash reboots these franchise like you know everything kind of being recycled but how how many have been successful the the tropes, we, the pitfalls, etc. I think there's a lot to mine there. We titled the and, episode "Filmed for Franchises," and we talk about how everything this in this day and age is not made as a single one-off. There's a few of the one-offs on my list that I really enjoyed, and I don't have to see anything else about them. I don't care to. What you did in that movie was perfect, but we can talk about how everything now is set up for franchise and serialization, and then delve into what you're talking about with bringing things back from the past because you and I got a little heated about nostalgia a couple times a little while ago. And so, yes, that's why I think it's a, I think it'd be a very interesting topic to explore with those guys. Mm -hmm. And it would also mean I finally have to watch Ghostbusters Afterlife, which I have not done yet. Me neither. Okay. And you you were so hyped about it at the Mm. same. Okay. I was hyped about the trailer and how I felt. Okay. It didn't mean I was like in love with Ghostbusters well, to, and we to, should be resurrected. To branch off and get back to my pick for a second. Okay. First trailer for this drops. I, I'm on cloud nine. I'm, yeah. I'm so excited. I'm so amped at all of the possibilities. My brain is on fire just with where it could possibly go. And sitting down in the theater that night, when it basically reveals itself for like you're saying it's like okay this is gonna be like maybe the most meta movie ever made except for another movie that might appear on my list a little later but might surprise you Mm -hmm. um i love that it could have been like a a a winky like two second nod Mm -hmm. but it totally wasn't and it dwelled in it and it became so much a part of the narrative I enjoyed that way more than like kind of just glancing at it or whatever. Like, oh, this was a fun one-off joke or whatever. But like, no, we're gonna have like basically one of my favorite montages of the year. That whole the Alice montage essentially, right? Um, the feature head montage, mm-hmm. and also the first chunk of this movie in particular, but the whole thing. I I honestly feel like this is like the best fucking Keanu and the most dialed in he has been. Um, even more so than Wick, which I love him in, but like, and there's, again, because of the metatextual stuff, I can't remember if you and I talked about this, I've talked about it with a lot of people, but like, 
the first like sit down coffee scene with him and Carrie Ann Moss because I have the the movie has been like inviting me to think in a metatextual way the whole time mm-hmm. when he has the thing she's like oh did you ever have kids and he's like no never did and I'm thinking about like the re- I now I'm having like a deja vu I could have swore moment. we talked we, about this on mic probably at some point okay it doesn't just, matter it's, just 20, it's just effect of 2021 I'm just repeating just how the movie my spiel does it. that's fine but that like so much emotion. I was so excited to see these characters again. I loved the new characters that were introduced. I I know it was not what a lot of people wanted from mm-hmm. a sequel at this point. Um, but I loved that it kind of refused to, like, oh, we're just going to quietly ignore the, like, sequels that people were kind of, like, mixed to, like, ultra negative on and kind of, like, soured everybody on the whole idea for them even making more. But we're going to throw them in there. You'll see them. Because they but matter. I'm, Exactly. The the commitment to everything matters. We're still sticking with the lore we've established. All of that. The fact that you've got Niobe there in old age makeup and stuff. Like all of that as it was revealed first time in the theater was just mind blowing. And I had to I had to reinvestigate because I was like, All right, man, you were amped to see that. It pretty much delivered for you personally. I loved every single choice she made, basically. Mm-hmm. And I get that again, that's not what a lot of people maybe just wanted a more straightforward, like, to show me Keanu Reeves doing some action. And I think there was people who were like, oh, he barely fights, and, like, he didn't even pick up a gun, and, like, et cetera, et cetera. I love Jonathan Groff, uh, NPH, who I thought was fantastic in the front half and the first time through had issues with in mm-hmm. the back half. No spoilers if you haven't seen it yet. But uh, I even warmed to that on a second time. Rewatching it on HBO Max right before it left confirmed for me that like no i i love this it is probably my second favorite of the franchise right behind the first one um and i think a will remain for me a sterling example of like if we're gonna continue to recycle stuff let's do it in the most ballsy interesting fucking inventive way we can think of and i thought this movie did that on all fronts it didn't make it didn't feel compromised in any way there's elements of it that are weird as shit, and I love that about it. Um, just well, just dwelling on that, we can say spoilers here for a split second. When you were being fed the montage, and you were being fed essentially what they were trying to tell you this story was, did you have a second thought at all? Or were you like, nah, this isn't this isn't legit. Like, there's gonna be a ball drop soon, because there were times and I was like, oh, they just like caramelized all the all the sequels into this one particular thing that this guy did and even if that's what they do and they do a legit like what they did in the first one taking him out of there again and like it's like oh no you dreamed all this happening as soon as as soon as i was like you can do the same shit you did from the first one right now as soon as we see the inside of that office and we see like the mcfarland toys that i had like i had stuff from Mm mm-hmm uh, reloaded specifically like the Merovingian palace mm-hmm. sequence where he does the cool kick right. and like the dude is breaking through part of the stone marble. I had that set in my room right. for at least a year mm-hmm. in like right when the sequels were coming out. And so as soon as I saw that, I was just like, where are we? Like, what are they ultimately going to say? And I love that. Like she just toys with that, uh-huh. all of that stuff. And then the payoff of of bugs, again, 
great fucking new character. Oh, yeah. I, that's why I'm like, I know they're not going to make more of these, but I so would watch like five or six more Matrix movies right. coming out of this personally. But the scene where Bugs essentially, t- you know, he's like, oh, so everything I did, you know, in the end, my big gambit with the machines, like, it was all basically for nothing. Like, it didn't fucking matter. She's like, no, it all fucking mattered. And I'm lit- I'm like in the theater like, I'm not, I got fucking like super emotional. Again, he's ultra engaged. Carrie Ann Moss kind of like taking over the back half. I absolutely loved when she gets to finally like become Trinity again. I was like, you know, on the edge of my seat, dude. The whole final, like the final chase with like the swarm. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't like the falling zombie bombs essentially just great stuff and again I know people were like it didn't reinvent action cinema and I'm like oh come on if that was the bar for this thing like come I feel get like your priorities I feel like straight. she I, that's what was like, on a that's narr- what they're gonna want from me exactly I need to and pivot the, and be like I did that already 20 years but ago but to openly acknowledge it right. in the movie and right. basically call it out is so fucking ballsy to me yep. I'm just like I, I loved it I, yeah. I, I loved every fucking choice everybody seemed to come to play um, do particularly Groff as the new Agent Smith mm-hmm. killer performance like in a just world He's at least in the consideration for supporting actor. And in a just world, also Keanu is in consideration for best actor. I fucking love this. I know it wasn't for everybody. It's my number 10. Uh, went a little long on that one. Apologies. Uh, your number nine. My number nine is a movie that we've discussed, but I went back and rewatched and I enjoyed the shit out of it. And I cannot wait for the next one. My number nine is Mortal Kombat. Okay. Hell yeah. This is in my my good section from mm-hmm. the year. Uh, if you'd like to know exactly where it is, number forty four. This was the last. When you move past I ju- this, I just made the cut. I got two. When in we the move top past three. this, we get to a movie that I'm pretty sure is in your top ten. I'm sure, but I do not consider good. So, Uh-oh. I'm very curious. Okay, Mortal Kombat. We did a we did a pretty substantial yeah, yeah, review did, yeah. on it. I recommend people go check that out. Any, but yeah, throw out your. Oh no! Again, Your pitch it just, for anybody who hasn't checked it out. It's uh, I mean, it's everything that I think modern day fans of the video game would want, but also kids who grew up with it in the '90s, where you couldn't have blood on your Super Nintendo version; you had to turn it on and off. They loved it too. Yeah. Um, and again, we talked about who do you go get to be Johnny Cage? You sent. I told. I we talked about on there. You sent me the thing about the actor who plays Kano having to go in the hospital for back surgery because he carried the whole damn movie. <laughs> and I read that thinking, oh my God, this, oh, never mind. He's okay. This is a joke <laughs> article. But I was concerned because the guy who plays Kano fucking kills. And like that dude Can't should wait be, for more help. Yes, more help. Oh, okay. I don't know if it has dropped yet. Sorry to interrupt. But dude who plays the new, like not character guy in this. Yeah. The main character mm-hmm. though. Um, cannot think of the actor's name off the top of my head right now. Sorry. I've seen him in something else recently too. He is in a new Netflix action adventure fantasy martial arts movie along with Uko Iwes from uh, The Raid mm-hmm. and a third guy that we also like whose name I cannot remember. But uh, I will watch it simply because the three of them are in it. But I'll figure out the name until Louis Tan. Louis Tan is the actor, yes. And that's right, he was Wu Assassins. I forgot about that. Oh, was he in there as well? 
Mm-hmm. Fistful of Vengeance. Is that what you're talking about on Netflix? Uh, yes, that is it. Okay. That is definitely it. Why do I feel like I've seen this before? Oh, maybe it's because... I think it comes out like this week. They've been promoing it. Like, in my suggested. Was this like... I don't mean to get you sidetracked. That's a 2022 movie. Was there a sequel? Is this a sequel to something? Like, was there a movie before this? Because I feel like I've seen these two before in something as well. I don't think so. Maybe they were in Wu Assassins together. I never finished that show. Maybe it is Wu Assassins I'm thinking of. Okay. Maybe this is like a spinoff movie. I don't I don't know. I think it's something completely different. Hmm. Mortal Kombat was good. It was very, very fun. Yes. Watched it twice. Enjoyed it both times. And oh, that's another a, one that I guess will live on HBO Max eventually. Let me read a, this. Okay. Fistful of Vengeance will see the Wu Assassin team oh, reunite okay. so, in Bangkok to avenge a death of one of their own, only to find a new enemy in the end. Yeah, okay. So it's, yeah, this is a... It's a Wu Assassin's movie. So maybe I... Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll try and just dive in, even having not finished the series. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and finish the series now. I just want to see some cool fights. Yeah, of course. Yeah. All right. Are you like refilling that? Because I feel like that you've had the same amount of alcohol. Well, I put a I put one of those long skinny ice uh, cubes in it. Okay. So, I mean, it's it's a sipping whiskey too. I'm not taking like huge pulls. I should have brought you some of the ones. Uh, uh, one of my members gave me a bottle of whiskey for Christmas. It's an Irish whiskey. Bring bring it on, like dad, dude, dad <laughs> spread did, it on. Dad did a shot with me the other night. Like he he sipped it, and he shot it all. He's like, mm. I was like, whoa, <laughs> okay. That's he's been practicing with Paul, probably. Okay, uh, my number nine is that what we're doing? Yep, my number nine is now a uh, best picture nominee, a a double nominee actually. It's also up for best foreign language film. It's called Drive My Car. Okay. Uh, this one, I believe, is going to be on HBO Max in March. March 3rd, I believe. I just saw it recently. So people will be able to actually spend more time with it. Uh, if you haven't heard about it yet, it's a three-hour uh, drama set in Japan about a uh, actor-turned-theater-director uh, who's going through a rough patch, that's all I'll say, hmm. and is working on an adaptation of uh, Uncle Vanya, the Chekhov play. And uh, yeah, while he is working on this, he uh, is assigned, I, I, again, I don't want to go into too much detail, he's assigned a driver hmm. uh, because he's 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 having trouble driving. Oh, okay. Uh, but he's assigned a driver and... It's a bit about their relationship, stuff that was going on with him. Again, three-hour drama that's subtitled I know is not like a, oh, my God, I can't wait to spend time with that. And I do wonder how it will play at home versus, like, in a theater when you're locked in with it, which mm-hmm. is part of why I was glad I got to see it on the big screen. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a quiet movie. It's its own own vibe, its own rhythms. It was beautiful. Some great fucking performances. Don't want to say too much more about it, but maybe you will take the journey. Because uh, I think you would get a lot out of it, and I think we could have a, a much deeper conversation. But uh, we'll kind of save that one until it's available for more people to see on HBO Max. But again, it is nominated for Best Picture 
and best foreign language and another good sign overall is that the director uh ryusuke hamaguchi uh was nominated as well so uh check it out it's gonna you're gonna be hearing about it at least for another couple months uh as award season continues on it's already been the dominant it's it's the it's the one foreign language one to see if you're gonna only watch one of the bunch uh but that's drive my car that's my number nine Alrighty. so you ready for my number eight yeah um my number eight Noel would be giving sweets to the sweet my number eight is Candyman. okay uh, another movie that we we, we covered just, in yeah, some detail, some and the, you yeah. and I kind of went opposite ways on. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'll let you I'll let you have your say on this one. Go right ahead. I'm it again until Scream Five. Candyman to me was the way to, and I, you know you could say Scream Five is its own thing with what it does to an already established universe. Nobody saw Candyman: Farewell to the Flesh. Nobody saw the third one, but to update a horror movie keep it in its roots and keep the original that was so different and so integral to like to me 90s horror like to keep that at the focal point of this new thing and to link it together the way it does I don't know if it's that's writing or that's just good filmmaking overall I don't know who you want to say gets the credit for it but I just I enjoy the shit out of it and it's one of those to where you know it's kind of like uh, it's like Jaws or like Michael Myers. Like you don't see Candyman all that much, but there's enough said and enough things done that make you, you know, terrified of knowing what's going to happen. And again, it, to me, it all goes back to a, a simple premise of don't fucking say that name in a mirror. It's that it's that easy, but people do it, you know. And it, to me, that speaks to horror at its core, like. You know, oh, I get scared of horror movies. Oh, why do people do that? It's like, we're all afraid of, like, the unknown, the other side of the mirror. You know, what's out past the campfire we can't see. But, like, here you know what to do to, like, never have to deal with that. But yet you do. What does that mean? What is the power of a name? You know what I mean? So I thought it was really executed very well. I, uh, my argument at the time was, which I... still very much stand by i think it is impeccably directed by nia DaCosta. i think the performances are pretty fantastic across the board particularly yaya of course yeah. and coleman domingo oh, yeah. i think it has a great sense of atmosphere sound design is incredible there's some great set pieces it really loses me in the third act and i think it's a script thing and i also have some problems earlier on but we we discussed those. I'm not going to like yeah, reiterate them. Yeah, go back and the episode. But uh, it is a movie that I look forward to rewatching and seeing if those things I still brush up against or now that I kind of know the mode that it's in, if it feels better a second time around. But I, I do, you know, I didn't hate it. I had issues with it. Right. But I liked a lot. I wanted to love it, and I right. just didn't. And that was my that was my thing with that one. But mm-hmm. I do want to see it again. Is it streaming anywhere now? I think it's still just a rental on VOD. When it does come to being just a... I feel like it'll probably be up on a streamer by this coming Halloween. Maybe we can reassess. But I do think in the, you know, in the legacy sequel, uh, requel territory, uh, a pretty solid entry, even though the original is an underrated classic, in my opinion. 
So, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, my number eight is mass. Have we talked about this one at all? I don't think so. Okay. Doesn't sound familiar. Uh, mass is probably the hardest. I, uh, yeah, I'm going to say it's the hardest film to recommend on my list. It is the epitome of a one and done. I, I will probably never watch this movie again. It's directed by Fran Kranz. Name you might recognize. He's an actor who you've seen in some stuff. Uh, I'm going to point you towards Kevin in the Woods. Oh. He is the fool. The one who survives to the end. Oh, okay. That's Fran Kranz. He wrote and directed this film, which is about two sets of parents uh, meeting together years after a tragedy involving both of their sons. That's all I'll say. I feel like I've heard about because this. part of the movie and the experience of watching it is you're essentially seeing this conversation, which you know is going to be tension filled just because of kind of the mood in the air as the movie is set up in kind of the opening 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you're essentially locked into this conversation in real time for about an hour and a half. Hmm. And it's just flat out. I'm just going to say as a, a cast as a whole, these are the best performances I saw all, all year. Uh, you got Martha Plimpton, the great Martha Plimpton. Uh, she was more of an 80s or not. I guess she feel like she bleeds into the 90s as well. You'll recognize Martha Plimpton. It's, uh, you got Jason Isaac, Isaac's in there. Uh, Reed Burney, who I've seen in a billion things but was not as familiar, familiar with. And Ann Dowd, who you'll be very familiar with. You can't go wrong with Aunt Dowd. Exactly. Uh, a murderer's row, casting-wise, and just some of the best performances, some of the best acting you will ever see. But uh, it is also, it was the most emotionally taxing movie of the year by a long shot. Um, it's not a fun watch, um, but it manages to deal with some very, very heavy subject matter um, with just like the perfect, tone i don't know how else to describe it it's it's so natural and real and honest and complicated and it's it's fucking brilliant i don't know uh but that's mass it's available on vod right now i feel like this one's probably gonna move over to hulu they seem to pick up a lot of the (coughs) the indies so look for it there uh but yeah what did i just see martha plimpton in i'm not sure well, I mean, Goonies is where everybody would probably know her from. Yes, I was trying to think of her big, biggest 80s one. But yeah, of course, Goonies. Hmm. Maybe it was in a TV show or something. Hmm. Interesting. But yeah, Mass, that was my number eight. All right. My number seven is a little Netflix movie called The Harder They Fall. Excellent pick. I loved every minute of it. Same. I'm waiting for the next three sequels. Um, fucking stellar performances from everybody. When there's very few westerns that you watch, and you're just like, "Please don't let this dude die," you know. It's like obviously, you know, everybody loves Bill Paxton, but you know he's gonna die in Tombstone if you know anything about them, what happened in Tombstone. But this, it was just like. Okay, but I love this dude. Like, I love, I love Lakeith Stanfield. I love him. 
Why is, why is he got to be on that side? Yeah, exactly. Why can't he be but a he's good a bad, guy? But he's, he's one a, of the bad guys. He's one of the fastest guns in the West. And when you find out why, you're like, no, that's not fair. You asshole. But I still love you. What? No. And every everything about it, dude. Like, you could not. Great action set pieces. Fucking. Just a blast. Fucking blast. Stylish as hell. Yes. Great soundtrack. Great performances. Everybody killing it. Left or, the, the female, the, the cat fight, if you want to call it that. Oh, I said it's the Fucking. best knockdown, drag out yes. female fight since the trailer fight in Kill Bill mm-hmm. Volume 2. Yeah. By far. I mean, I'm sure. Is there another one that I'm not thinking? I know somebody's going to want to throw in like the Fast and Furious like no. fights between like Michelle Rodriguez and Ronda Rousey or no. Gina Carano or whatever. But No, thanks. No. But yeah, no, that, I mean, that, again, Kill Bill Volume 2, that's like the, that's the bar of recent until mm-hmm. this one, which I, I legit thought was fantastic. Yeah. And they both survived. I know, that's the best part. <laughs> yes. I cannot. So I, mean, I demand a sequel. Me too. Please let, uh, it's James, uh, James Samuels, I think. Yes. Is the director. I believe that's a debut feature as well. I know. Uh, I, give yeah. me, give me more of that, please. That was really fun. Delroy Lindo. Yeah. Dude, if we I if I could get a Delroy Lindo Netflix movie every year, like with Jonathan Majors in it or no? Yeah. Yeah. If we just get the two of them doing something together every yeah. year, um, preferably directed by Spike Lee, but you yeah. know, I'll take I'll take whatever. Uh Boots Riley if your next movie, if you wanna, you know, get the two of them together, that would be cool. Is Boots is Boots Riley Sorry to bother Sorry, buddy. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. Which is about to be on Netflix newly. Oh, I just saw I it. I cannot in the, it's wait for people, more so people you, to watch that movie. More people. I feel need like to it hasn't season. been on Netflix. No, and it's, it's only yet. been. It's only been. On so Brown. I look forward to see if that jumps up into the top ten, because that is the type of movie. If you see it, like you might check it out on a whim, and then you're going to shout it to your friends. It's a. It is one of those, unfortunately, now that you're going to be like, well, fucking Army Hammer. Like, eh. Fuck that, dude. But like, That's fine. But like, it also he, works because he plays a complete piece of shit. That movie. What is it? Equisapien? Equus- dude, don't, like, just don't think of that. It for people. Think of that. What, but yes, one of the most brilliantly batshit movies. Fucking uh, Steven Yeun in that? Like, come on. Incredible. You forget about him. Like, there's such good shit in that movie, man. It's I'm I want to see more people's reaction to it. I'm sure we will. Just keep an eye out for that on uh, film Twitter and Facebook, etc. Uh, okay. The Heart of They Fall. Excellent pick. My number seven. Have we, maybe, are we going to have our first thing that gets put on the table? I don't know. We'll see. Mine is uh, it's a sequel. Okay. To a long, long running franchise. Maybe the lo- the longest franchise? Yeah. They gotta be. There's no time to die, baby. Yeah. Table it? No, no keep talking. It's fine. All right. All right. I loved it, man. Yeah. Uh, this one, you know, I kept my, you know, my Cine East brain mm-hmm. wanted to, like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe shove it down a little bit. Maybe elevate some of these other ones that people haven't heard of as much. But this is like, this is what I want more so than any of the comic book movies, the Marvel movies, the DC movies, any of them. Okay. This is what I want from a fucking blockbuster, dude. It was it just 100% delivered, totally redeemed this run. I hated Spectre with a passion. It's terrible. What a, 
what a dip from the you and I when we walked out of Skyfall. After you know, we saw it months after everybody else. Mm-hmm. But you that was down here, right? I think so, yeah. I think you drove down here. We went and caught it. was probably like the last week it was playing. Yeah. We walk out. We're like, dude, is that like the best fucking Bond movie ever made? I don't know. Maybe it was. And you're Sam Mendes. And all you have to do is deliver something that's like real halfway decent. That's like, all right, dude, we can coast into like your third iteration and like whatever. And Spectre is so fucking terrible. Now, I'm going to ask you this question and maybe we can get the answer off air. I don't think that I know that the guy who made Goldfinger maybe made Dr. No or he made Thunderbolt. I don't know. I don't think there's been a repeat director ever in that franchise history. Oh no, there's been a repeat. Like, like back to back repeats. Like the same guy who made Thunderbolt Goldfinger made Thunderbolt. Maybe they haven't done back to back. That's what I'm saying. Had, maybe okay. that's where you fall off. You're asking the guy to do too much back to back. He just gave you Skyfall. Okay. Give him a break. Let him come back and do. But anyways, yeah. it redeemed all of the faults of right. that movie, including the crystal faults of it all. Yeah. They gave us what I thought was actually a surprisingly solid new villain, mm-hmm. even though I'm not a huge Rami fan. Right. Tons of new characters. Uh, the new 007. I won't spoil it if you haven't seen it. Fantastic addition. And Craig absolutely killing it. And I thought it was a, just a great final chapter for his run. Yeah. Loved every bit of it. And Carrie Joji Fukunaga directed the absolute shit out of it. Yeah. That, the first sequence where, or where I was like, oh, I forgot who made this movie for a second. When that team drops in to like take the device early on. And mm-hmm. he does like the 360 spin shot mm-hmm. through the like office corridor. I was just like, dude. And they throw the magnets down and just like throw the dude down the elevator shaft. Like, I was so jazzed. I I I loved it. I can't wait to rewatch it. I haven't done it yet. So what you're saying? It's the little things about this movie that you loved. It is okay. It really is. Okay. Um, there is one little thing in particular that I would have liked that they didn't do. Uh, huge disappointment for me, but I will not discuss it because I feel like still a lot of people probably. I feel like everybody's seen Did it. Did you by want now. a reverse of Honor Majesty's Secret Service? Is that what you wanted? No, 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 okay. no. Um, I would have done that. That'd have been my only thing. Screw it. Spoilers. Everybody, everybody knows by this point. Yeah. Daniel Craig dies at the like they kill Bond at yeah. the end of this movie. Okay. I'll tell you, dude, Beck's no, dad all was so I, upset. After dude, the I know the there was, was a like, lot of 60-year-old men like, that were bawling their eyes out, and I was right there with them. You can't do this okay? to him. Here's all I wanted. You have that conversation with Leah Seydoux. We have all the time in the world. Totally fine. But then I need that man. I need that man to go and find some bottle, some sort of uh, alcohol. Okay. Hold on. I need him to have one last drink, and I need him to break out the cigar that he got from Felix when Felix died. When they killed fucking Jeffrey Wright earlier mm-hmm. in the movie, dude, me and Evan are looking at each other like we know it's coming. And I'm just like, no, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do they're it. They're not going to license to kill him. It's, and no, then, it's and not then they do it, man. And I was just, we're both just kind of like, no, it's no big deal. No big deal. 
But that's that's all I wanted. I wanted him to light up that Felix cigar and have one last drink, and then let the rocket assault fucking explode him to shit. I love that they make it definitive that like, oh no, he's not. There's no like, we didn't Dark Knight Rises this shit. Right. <laughs> like, trust us, he's dead. He is so dead. See, in my version, you don't do the I can't touch you anymore thing. And he makes it out. And it's him. Oh, that was brutal, dude. I mean, him and it was his so dog. frustrating. No, 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 but like, but him and his wife and his daughter, they're just riding along. And he's out the game. It's over with. And you just got one last person to just, you know, they're driving by the countryside and it's throws open a, a bassinet or stroller and just mo- sprays the car with bullets. The wife and daughter are fine. And he's hitting the head and she's like, it's okay. We have all the time in the world and you're done because it <laughs> kills the character. It's an homage to honor majesty secret service. And if you decide you want to make another James Bond movie, you just do a whole metal gear solid five. And he had plastic surgery to get that bullet <laughs> taken out of his head. And that's why he looks this way now. Boom. Lawyered. Just saying, that's what I would have done. Okay, it's, it's definitely... would have been a terrible but... movie, I'm sure. People wouldn't have liked it at all, but who knows. I love what they did with it. Uh, yeah, my number good. seven, No Time to Die. Okay. My number six is No Man of God. It's the one of, like, millions of fucking Ted Bundy movies that have come out in the last couple of years. It's is not this... the one with Evron. It's the one where Elijah Wood plays that the uh and Luke Kirby is maybe. I don't know the guy's name. Okay. To me he looked the closest to Ted Bundy. Maybe didn't sound as the closest to Ted Bundy. But I did not watch this. It was good. I'm a little bundied out to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. Uh but yeah, tell me more. Um if anybody's wondering if Elijah Wood can still act after all them damn Hobbit movies, he can. He's pretty good. Also, I would see Come to Daddy. Yeah, Come to like Daddy. Two yeah, years ago. Another one, yeah. yeah. But, um... That was last year. No, that was 2020. Don't get me started. Either 2019 or 2021 of the two. It um, has come out recently. Right. In the last <laughs> three years. We can say that. Um, I can confidently say that it it came out. Right. But anything, since I'm not going to get... Um, we're not going to get any more Mindhunter. Anything that touches on... Um, John Douglas and, like, anything with behavioral science and, like, their... I didn't really research a ton. I don't know if Robert Rest. I don't know who, if this is a real person that he's playing or if it's a conglomerate of like a bunch of different dudes, but it's essentially him going to profile Bundy before Bundy's executed and starts playing his mind games of like, I got other bodies. I can do this. I can do that before he decides to like break down and pin it all on porn, which is bullshit. He just fucking like doing this shit. Don't, don't get, don't get it twisted. Um, and it's just about the two of them. And like, there's a little bit of like hokey mind, like, Oh, am I thinking like Ted, am I doing this, doing that? But factually how it plays out Bundy's last days in prison, like, and you know, just that sort of stuff. I think it's pretty good. I think it captures what, what you didn't, what people hated about the Ephron one about him trying to be a ladies man. and like, look at him trying to be simp- like sympathize with him and like the problems people may have had with that movie you don't have here because it is like he's in jail. We all know what he did. We're just trying to figure out if we can get any more info out of him to, to like to solve other cases, to put closure, give closure to some families. And it's about, you know, that parallel, but this person who's coming to profile him and that sort of stuff. 
because I'm I'm utterly fascinated by people who can do that. I think it's amazing. So, not kill people. I'm talking about profiling them. Just so we're <laughs> okay. All right. That was no man of God. Yes. Okay. Well, I had no time to die. Well, yeah. There we go. Okay. It's a little bit of synergy. I yeah sure. My uh, <laughs> my number six um, is. Uh, quite a film it's called titan uh or titane if you will uh it's the latest from julia de Cuerno, director of raw um, don't really have you seen it yet uh, how how to talk about titan like, i honestly. feel like i should have already but i haven't i really would like for you to so that we can discuss it uh i've only had one other friend that has taken the plunge i saw this one in theaters with a very very small crowd and what a movie um if you're familiar with the director uh she makes very very intense engaging films this is her second feature oh it's on hulu now yeah i can check it out it's on hulu now yeah <coughs> excuse me i will be re-watching it very soon that'll be my third time oh. i saw it once in theater Rewatched it with Veronica. Um, what's that? Stop recording. You're only coming through in one ear. That's what I was trying to tell you. Maybe only one coming one. through in one ear. I can only hear you in my left ear. Not both. is your. Are you fully connected? I am. I think when you sneezed or coughed just a minute ago, you might have moved yours out just a tad bit. That's what I'm saying. I might have done what? I don't know. I can't hear you in both ears anymore. That's all I'm saying. Well, I think I'm still recording in stereo. Okay. I can. I can hear myself in both ears. Talk again. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can only I can hear you really well out of here. It's faint in this one. It's fine. Maybe it's just those headphones. Might be. Maybe, Maybe take your take it out here at the stem. I We're not editing those. Excuse, excuse us, folks. Now put it back in. Is that two two marks? Yeah. The other one's for like a full-on studio headphone jack if you're jacking into an amp or something. Oh. Well, don't... You got it all twisted up? Maybe that's why you can't hear. Maybe that's why I can't sleep at night. Basketball joke! Like, everything's coming in the left, left side of my ear now. It's fine. I don't know what's going on with this thing. It's barely there. I hope everybody can still hear me. Now I can hear you. In both ears. Really? It must have been that. When you sneezed, you might have pulled, pulled it out a little bit. All right. Okay. This was great. Yeah. This is great Perfect. content. We're, I totally... We are real podcasters. Lost the plot. Teton. Teton. Um, <laughs> Teton. Sweet little uh, French pig. I. It's one... Again, it's like don't want to spoil like how french is it <laughs> is it it's like french enough for you you're allowed to like this one so okay, you should maybe thank check god it out. um wait is it an, is it an indie french movie or is it like a legit french movie because i don't know if i can like an indie movie f- from france maybe those are the only kind of indies i can like just check it out okay see what you think um it's on hulu now so i will it's a wild one man it's a wild ride uh 
How wild? Are we like Cat Stevens wild? Or are we like... No, I'm just kidding. I'm trying to make up for all that air we just did with the, the headphones. Well, thing. you're doing a great job. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> I'll let you take it it's, back. I mean, it's the wildest movie of the year. If I gave you the basic plot description, it wouldn't even do it justice. I'm not going to bother. Um, it has fantastic atmosphere style performances you've never seen anything like it and you probably will not ever hmm. post uh, unless you watch another julia DeCuarno movie because she is two features in and talk about auteur theory definitely being a real thing okay uh she's she is incredible i don't know if i raw like right out of the gate i was like that is a fucking masterpiece this movie gives you a lot more to chew on and hmm. I could definitely tell. I think I told a story around the, the time of coming out of it. I can't remember. I'll reiterate it here because this is a good description of my first brush with it. I walked out of the theater. It was the last screening of the night at the indie theater over here, the Terrace. And there's restaurants on either side of it when you come out. So there's people sitting on uh, the porch. And come out and they're asking like, Oh, how is Tatan? Like, obviously, they knew it was the only movie left playing because of the showtime or whatever. Mm -hmm. And nobody's really saying anything, myself included, because I just kind of, I'm like, I just came out of that. I'm still like, you know, well, what the hell was that? And so nobody responds. He's like, oh, guess Tatan sucked. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just, no, I finally was like, dude, I, I like, I don't even know how to begin to tell. I was like, I that's one of those I need to need to think on for a minute. Kind go of home, put on some sweatpants, uh, get a beer, and that think seems about stuff. That seems to be the general reaction for a lot of people. Uh, but yeah, that's entertainment. It truly. <laughs> let's let's move on. I highly recommend it, but uh, it is not for the faint of heart. It has some of the more graphic imagery you will ever see in a film. Uh, and it's a, it's not an easy sit, but it is also, uh, weirdly one of the sweetest, most beautiful movies about the human condition I've ever fucking seen. It's also wrapped in like one of the grossest, like most offensive shells ever. You, you gotta see it. Okay. Fantastic movie. Uh, not for everybody though, but it's on Hulu. So take a chance on it. Uh, if you do feel like tapping out after the first 30 minutes, I do not begrudge you. It only gets weirder from there, but maybe not in the ways you would expect. Movie takes a lot of turns. That is all I'll say. Okay. Okay. Can't wait to talk about it with you. <laughs> okay. When we can discuss spoilers. It also, um, while we're just highlighting stuff, has arguably my favorite scene or sequence of the year. It's up there for consideration, but it is most certainly my favorite musical moment in cinema this year. Okay. Uh, and it is... Remember that when we start doing our own Oscar categories in a couple of weeks. I, I will do that. Uh, back to you for your number five. Five. We're in the top five, ladies and gents. I think maybe I should get more whiskey. Yeah, I mean, you can if you want. I mean... It's only going to get crazier from here, right? Do you want to take... A short break? Would the court be willing to grant me a short bathroom break? Excuse Your me. Your Honor. I, was, I didn't dude, really I was, I'm, I a little, I'm a little nasally right now. Yes, Excuse Mr. Me. Reed. <laughs> Your Honor. Would the court be willing to grant me a short bathroom break? Can it wait? 
no, sir, can't. I really I'm have told, to. <laughs> told if you hold it in for too long, yeah. it can lead to prostate cancer, make it difficult to become aroused. In that case, I'm going to take a break as well. <laughs> Madman, your honor. Miserable fool at the end of his pitiful rope. Do you do you feel like you can continue? Yes. <laughs> I hold myself in contempt. Why should you be any different? Get your hands off them. You haven't paid for them yet. I fit better. I've had better. I've had better. <laughs> the pen is blue. The goddamn pen is blue. All right, where are we? We top are starting five? our top five favorite films of 2021, and Liar Liar is not on that list. So, uh, is this where we switch? And you, you want to start? Sure. With your top five. Sure. Uh, my number five. Bring the mood way down. Way down. My number five is the killing of two lovers. I'm so glad to hear that. Okay. Uh, so we're going to flip again. Yeah, we'll flip And you're going to give me your number five. Yeah, okay. My number five is a little little movie called Pig. So glad this is up there for you. Yeah. The Great Nicholas Cage. Of course. This is available on Hulu for anybody who has yet to check it out. It's your pick. I mean, I can no, do the I whole know. spiel. No, I just... I mean, it's, it's so... It's just, I, I remember it came to Hulu the weekend of the Christmas party Mm -hmm. and I was like, I'm just going to like, I'll start it and I'll just, I'm going to iron my, my, my clothes, get ready whatnot. And I'm like, next thing I know, I'm like, shit, I got to turn this thing off and actually do what I need to do to get ready. Cause I'm like engrossed in it. It's just so fucking like, he just wants to know what the fuck happened to his pig and like, you, the, the whole backstory of like who he was and what he was doing I was like holy shit it's just it's so I don't know you you just gotta watch it beautiful movie fucking beautiful uh, honestly uh, we haven't talked Oscar nominations but uh, goddamn travesty one might say yeah that uh, he didn't we I thought that was a no brainer this year I, yeah. I truly thought that was a no brainer that he would at least be in the five uh, very disappointed to see that Uh you you know we have a lot of affection for the cage around these parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a nice. It, it's nice to know he still got 
these types of performances in them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mandy is one thing. We fucking adore it. Yeah. Uh, but every once in a while, he likes to remind everybody, like, you know, I am one of the greats. I, you guys yeah, like to tease me. Everybody, yeah, everybody thinks I'm a bit of a joke, but just remember, if I want to turn it on, I can turn it on. It's it's like Nicolas Cage is like a finely finely tuned European automobile. It was built to drive, or in his case, act. And if you don't drive it, you don't act, it's going to just get rusted and it's not going to be as good. So when people make fun of him for being in everything, I'm like, no, he should be in everything. He should do every script. Not because of his tax troubles or anything like that. Because you are going to get a hit at least once in all of the stuff that comes out. And I'm pretty sure all the stuff we haven't watched, there's probably some moments in there. I mean, that's a whole podcast unto itself, which does exist. But the doing the deep dive on Cage with all the VOD movies and stuff. Yeah. Um, to slightly transition into movies we are looking forward to, have you seen the trailer for The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent? Mm-mm. Where he is playing himself... Uh, and Nick Cage is asked to attend the birthday party of a very like famous and powerful drug lord, I believe. Pedro Pascal is in it as well. <laughs> the trailer is very funny. If it if it works, th- there could be something special. Here. Okay, check it out. Unbearable weight of massive talent. Uh, Pig was incredible. Uh, not what you expect when no, you hear the logline, uh, but just a a beautiful little movie. Uh, that yeah, you kind of need to let unfold for yourself. Yeah, but uh, great central performance and uh, Alex Wolf as well from uh, Hereditary, quite mm-hmm. good in there. Uh, yeah, great pick, man. Uh, pig was pig is my number twenty five. Okay, and I did love it quite a bit. Again, a lot of good movies this year. A lot of good movies. Yeah, my number four might also be getting put on the table. We'll see. Uh, arguably the front runner. Uh, for best picture, and I certainly hope that it wins. My number four, yes, is a Netflix film. Uh huh. No, you can you can talk about it here. Are you, uh, do we have synergy? No, no, you can talk about it here because I don't have it on my list. The Power of the Dog is not on your list. No, there's there's two more that I loved more than that. Three more. But this didn't even. But it didn't even make your top ten. Eh, it's one yeah. of those that's like it's a cusper. Cusp. Was it on? Was it on the yeah, cusp? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it was. <laughs> look, there was a ton, and I and I put this together. I tried to to think of things that like still sit with me and still, you know, regardless of when I saw them, I'm still like close my eyes thinking, what did I watch? Oh yeah, this you know it comes to me. Well, speaking it's of a movie as that it is stuck with me, my God. Um, yeah. And has also led us down the road of Veronica and I basically in tandem with Blank Check, which is covering her right now. We're going through all the Jane Campion movies mm-hmm. because she is one of those directors who, when I was getting into like movie movies, back right. when I was 13, 14, going to the video store all the time, she was just one of those people. It's like, got to check out some of her stuff. So I watched The Piano and I watched Holy Smoke and I was 13 and I did not know what the hell to make of those movies right. at all. Uh, 
but yeah we've now gone back through all of those and we're basically on our way to circling back around for what will be our rewatch of power of the dog which should probably come right around the time that i think it's going to win best picture and i hope it does um just an incredible movie from top to bottom i think it's the most gorgeous like netflix feature that's been released thus far uh has some stiff competition from Roma, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, and a few other things I could think of. But for me, visually speaking, it's right at the top. Incredible performances across the board. It's a period piece. Um, it's about a lot of things. Right. Um, it's about manipulation. It's, it's about toxic masculinity. But it's, it's in, about, that, in that transition Western period. And yes, I, to this me, is like, you know. Personally, I feel like the Western somehow is making a huge comeback and no one knows about it. I mean, we, I feel like you and I have been saying that for the last several years. Yeah. But hopefully this proves it. Yes. Yeah. A a Western, again, a Western in quotes, if you want to play that game, winning best picture definitely would be a statement because as much as that sounds like such an old school, like it, on paper, it sounds like an old school Oscar-y type movie, mm-hmm. but when you sit through it, it has all the idiosyncrasies of a Jane Campion movie that right. like nobody else could have made this. Right, and it just again, it's not so much the story that it, the narrative that is being told; it is how oh, it's, it's being, being told, told that is so satisfying. And it was a movie that I just could not take my eyes off while I was, while I was so engaged. Probably the most, like, edge-of-my-seat experience I had all year. And it was at home, and I was mm-hmm. completely dialed in, no, like, looking for the phone, etc. Uh, I would love to see it sweep the acting categories as well. Everybody is nominated. Literally, everybody is nominated. Cumberbatch, Kirsten, uh, Jesse Plemons, and Cody Smith-McPhee are all up, so... I think it's her year as director as well. Hopefully. Can't be mad at it. I, that That's who I'm rooting for. Even though, yes, this is my number four, and there's some stuff that's nominated that I do have ranked higher. I think it's Power of the Dog's year. If you have not caught up with it, it is available on Netflix. A, a tough sit and some rough subject matter. Um, I have some friends who literally tapped out uh, around the time that Cumberbatch started assaulting a horse. Not like sexually assaulting a horse, right. but uh, physically like beating a horse. Uh, they had a hard time with that scene, and they they were like, "Oh, it probably gets worse from here." And I'm like, "Nah, no." That's I, I told them I was like, "That's that's kind of the worst of that." Um, tonally, does it get worse from there? Yeah, sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just that one kind of knocked knocked me knocked me back a bit. Uh, but yeah, really, really stuck with me. Can't wait to watch it again. Power of the Dog. It's my number four. Okay, so my number four is a, I don't know if it's a Hulu original or not, but it is a little movie called Lorelei that I saw on Hulu, but again, I don't know if it's a uh, Hulu original. Okay, I have no no familiarity with this at all, so please explain. Our boy, Pablo Schreiber, is getting out of prison. Is he, I mean... I like him. Is he one of our boys, though? We've discussed one boy. of his movies. He's, one of, he's my boy. He's like a dude of mine. What else? Have you, I feel like I've watched more of his content than you have, bud. Yeah, probably. So he would be your boy. Outside, outside of Den of Thieves, though, I'm saying. What yeah. A, this is another one. You don't know Are you a Wire one. season two guy? Uh, Orange is the new black guy? I did watch him on Orange is the New Black. Are you an American Gods guy? 
I didn't know he was on American Gods. I might have to check it out. Oh, dude, he plays a leprechaun, basically. Okay. He's very, works. He's pretty good at it. Um, he is released from prison after being there for a long time, uh, part of a biker gang, and he's coming back to his hometown, and he just so happens to uh, run into uh, an old an old flame of his from back when he was you know, in the throes of this biker gang in his youth, who is played by Jenna Malone. And she is... Has a few kids, and okay, um, it is basically him readjusting and finding himself like in the throes of like what it was to be young and to be, you know, in love and what could have been had he made better choices. And there's a line in there where he's like, you know, I'm not your kid's father, and she's like, yeah, but you would have been and you should have been, and. I, was, I saw that in the trailer and I was like I'm sold I'm gonna check this thing out and it was just this nice little love story movie you know in its own weird way it tackles some interesting subject matter when it comes to you know what it means to you know have had love and lost and all that really good I, I enjoyed it I didn't expect to I was like eh, yeah I'll just throw it on but it, Hulu does this nice thing where if you play the trailer it gives you about three seconds to decide, no, I don't want to watch it, and it just started playing it for you. So oh, okay. I appreciate that. Cool. Yeah, Lorelai. All right. I will have to check this one out. Mm-hmm. Sabrina Doyle. Looks like that is a debut feature as well. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, that's my number four. Okay. My number three uh, is one that I feel like people still have probably not had a chance to check out unless you've been willing to brave going to the theater uh, because it has yet to make its way to VOD. They've kept it running theaters for quite a while, which has now probably paid off even more so because it just got nominated for a bunch of Oscars. My number three is Licorice Pizza from Mr. Paul Thomas Anderson, my favorite living filmmaker. No surprise that it's here. Um... None for, at all. For those familiar, I mean, I guess the surprise is that it's not number one, I suppose. Probably, yeah. Um, yeah, I was in the bag for this one before it started. See, you're pulling. Mm-hmm. You're, you're you're pulling the headphones. Yeah. Yeah. You push it back so in. So this, this shit up. Can, are you hearing okay? Go ahead. Oh, my God. Yeah, I am. I'm good. We determined that I had them on backwards. I had the left on the right and the right on the left. That was yeah. causing the problem. Yeah, you like to confuse your right from your left. Mm-hmm. Licorice Pizza, excuse me. Uh, it's a coming-of-age uh, story set in the valley back in the 70s. And, uh, Any tracksuits involved? You might see a tracksuit or two in the background, maybe. I know you didn't watch it or didn't finish it, but the uh, in one of the episodes of Hawkeye, the Eastern European goes, Run oh, Tenenbaums is old. Uh, I finished. Run DMC, a uh, classic tracksuit. Uh, Royal Tenenbaum's classic tracksuit film. <laughs> it's just that's just what I think of when I I think of those guys were funny. Yeah, I enjoyed that mm-hmm. aspect of that show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you're in the valley. It's a coming of age story in the seventies. Yes, uh, starring two basic unknowns as their debut performances, even though they're somewhat known. Uh, Cooper Hoffman, son of Philip Seymour Hoffman, and oh. Alana Heim of the Heim Sisters, the band. Oh, neat. Uh, they're not called the Heim sisters. They're just Heim. Heim, yeah. But, uh, yeah. 
She's incredible. I uh, wish she was up for Best Actress. Kind of pissed off about it, honestly, but it got a lot of other nominations, so what are you going to do? This one, for people who are familiar with his work, I would say is somewhere between Punch Drunk Love and Inherent Vice, so definitely not um, as heavy a film as, say, Phantom Thread or There Will Be Blood, so, uh, The Master, some of the more recent ones that are maybe a little more of a heady experience for people. Oh, my um, bad. I got them all mixed up. What's that? The, this, the guy who made this did not make the Royal Tenenbaums. No, that's Wes Anderson. Yeah, We've see, had I, I this went, conversation so many times. Right. I get them all mixed up. They're all the same. This is why I still maintain we must at some point do the Paul W.E.S. Anderson cast. Right. Stole all the names that I had. And what we should do is just put them all in a hat. And then you pick it out and you start reading the synopsis. And I have to figure out which director is which. So it's just a game that we play for one episode. Is that what you're saying? No, we bring it. It's in every. It's in every show. It's a repeating. It's like a bit. It's like a fucking okay. a segment. You have to name which director it is right. without the title presented mm-hmm. to you. Just get the, the plot description. Yeah, like so. If you just if you're just okay. like you know, no, 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 no. You know humans like have to travel to an ancient island to defend Earth. I know it's it's W. S. Anderson. Okay, but if you're like family, there's some weird quirky family quirky stuff. I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know if that's. Okay, here's the question, though. So if you can't guess it, do I then get to make you watch Right. if you get it wrong? Right. And oh, that's yeah. the—so it's a—I like this. Yeah, and I have I like to, this a lot. Yeah. And when when we do the next check-in in the next episode, if I haven't watched it, I get a demerit. Okay. I get detention. Well, uh, let's start incorporating that along okay. with our two-by-twos, and we'll just have sure. a big old stack schedule. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. What? Your excuse. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, it's their debut performances, and they did yes, great. They're fantastic. Um, there is like, I, I I'm not gonna go into it. There's some controversy around the movie. I think it's mostly bullshit, personally. So I'm not even gonna go into it here. Um, it's just charming as fuck. It's a good time. It sent me out of the theater with a giant smile on my face. Um. It could be considered minor PTA or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, I I loved it. Great soundtrack, great performances, great vibe, great look, great everything. And uh, an absolutely scene-stealing performance from Mr. Bradley Cooper. Oh, okay. Uh, so you'll want to see it for that alone, but I think you'll have quite a good time taking a big old slice of licorice pizza. I think you'll enjoy it. Eventually it'll be on VOD. Okay. people but uh i'll be buying this one blu-ray day one and re-watching it as much as i want rewatch uh, all of his other films okay uh yeah your number three my number three is the killing of two lovers all right so we can talk about it this was my number five we did a we did a we didn't go in depth. We yes. didn't really get to spoilers. We didn't get really get to whatever, but my It God, is now on Hulu uh for people to check out. And uh you can I mean, it was on your list as well. Why don't you familiarize them with the plot a little bit? It's basically a, a young couple who've been together since basically high school, kind of have hit a rough patch and they have decided that they're going to proceed in life with basically essentially what you would consider an open relationship or open marriage. And it discusses like, I mean, I don't think that's the agreement at all. I think that's they're, kind they're of part of the things issue. Out, they're like separate. It's not like they agree to it, but like the they're whole in the thing midst is of a trial separation. Try, and yeah. the, the wife, um, 
the has, wife is, is has starting chosen to, to pursue other and options. He hasn't, and it's the, he is clearly trying to make things work, and right. she seems like she's maybe a, contemplating moving on. The crux of all of this right. is that they live in a fucking small, small town. I'm yeah. talking where he can look out the front porch of his father's house and see her house. Right. Because that's just how the neighborhood is. It's mm-hmm. very, very small. Uh, we talked about it at the time, but just some of the most naturalistic That's That's what I was going to get at. Lorelei, I just mentioned. Yeah. That is, to me, on the same level of this in okay. terms of how sunk in and real they feel. Like, it doesn't feel like I'm watching an actor I know is an actor. It feels like someone just turned a camera on in this situation and decided to follow this father around as he, I mean, the opening of the movie, my God, like, yeah, you're already there. You know, if you, if you, when you watch it, you'll understand what we're talking about. He's already at that point at the opening of this movie. Tells you everything you need to know. Yes, and check out the trailer. I think it's a great, like, tone piece. The other huge selling point <laughs> It, it it always is a selling point in this day and age. This movie is one hour and twenty five minutes long. Mm-hmm. It's a crisp, edited to the bone. Yep, a fantastic sound design in this movie. Uh-huh. Uh Just on pretty much every level. The director, uh, I I think this is his debut feature. Mostly just shorts and documentaries prior. Robert Michonne, hmm. Machoian, not not quite Machio. sure. M A C H. O-I-A-N. Okay. Uh, but yes, look forward to anything he does in the future. Uh, the lead in this, Clayne Crawford, who I guess people know from the Lethal Weapon TV series. I don't watch cable. So I was able to just look at this as a completely unvarnished performance. They probably know this him is, from being fired from This is show. one of the great casualties. Yes, there was that whole thing. This is one of the great casualties of the COVID bubble and the era and the overlap of like right. when things got released. This is technically kind of a 2020 movie, right? but a 2021 movie because that's when people were able to see it. And uh, I just feel like it kind of got lost in the shuffle. Now that it is on Hulu, I'm hoping that more people do check it out. Um, it's a heavy one, but again, it's one of those fantastic dramas that manages to balance the tone perfectly i equated it when we initially talked about it to one of my favorite movies of all time which we've covered on this series uh in the bedroom yes uh which i think is a great because we whether you whether you have experienced that specific thing in your own life there are so many other aspects of the movie that like if you don't know it you know someone who has so you can either relate or you can empathize, one of the two. Yes. And the ending. What do you think happens? You don't have to tell me. Just think I about mean, it. I mean, again, this is what one do of you the, think happens? Um, I think that I had this discussion uh, with other people who've seen this as well. I think that ending is a lot darker than it appears yes. upon initial viewing. Um, and that has everything to do with the sound design. That's all I'll say we'll talk about for right now. Because uh, I'm I'm curious because I had I looked at that ending and I was like this this is not no the casual film goer may feel a certain way about it but to the yes. initiated Mr. Wayne we um we know we know more we know better than to trust what we're seeing on screen so uh, yeah we'll talk about that off mic for sure yeah uh, the killing of two lovers uh, that is is that our only crossover so far mm-hmm. am I correct so far. Yeah, two more chances. We'll see what happens. Uh, I don't, I don't see it happening. <laughs> I don't see it happening. 
Uh, so back to me. Is that what yeah, we're this is your my number, number two uh, so favorite number film of the year. Your number three. Uh, my number three was Licorice Pizza. Oh right, right. That. so it's your two. Yeah, and your number three was Killing of Two Lovers. So now we're back to me for my number two. Yeah, go for it. Okay, uh, my number two. This this was perhaps the most fortuitous viewing experience. I texted you last. I I guess I can say because you told me earlier what your rating was, so I know it's not on your top ten. So I feel like this is not a spoiler. Um, yesterday we were planning out when we were going to record. We've been waiting to do this year end list. We wanted to catch up on some things, and it just so happened to work out. I was like, "It's Tuesday. What is out that's new?" They finally put Red Rocket on VOD, the new Sean Baker movie. Yes. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to rent that. That'll be that'll be the capper. That'll be the last thing I watch. Finalize the list. I'll let Gavin know it's up because I know you love the Florida Project. Wait, that was technically 2021? Yeah. I thought that was new like this year. No, no, no. That's 2021. Oh, yeah. well, damn. Anyways. Oh, so would it have been on your list? Is that yeah, what you're saying? Totally. Oh, it would have been on your top 10? Yeah. Okay. Well, you can retroactively put no, it on. I'm the... not going to do it. I mean, I'm, gonna I'm going all there. of this long way to say. I go ahead and I'm like, all right, I'm getting Red Rocket so we can both watch it. And I do something that I've been doing for the last October. No. Yes. For the last basically three and a half months, I go to IMDb at least every other day and I check the page for my number two favorite film of the year. It's called The Souvenir Part Two. Uh-huh. Because this movie came out in limited release in October of 2021 mm-hmm. in New York and L.A. And I checked my indie theater constantly. When you guys gonna? When you gonna bring it? When you gonna bring it? When's it gonna be on? So you kept going, going to them like we kept going to American Video looking for copies of Liar Liar when it came sure. out. Yeah. Boom. That's a callback. Yeah. I just. You're welcome. I. I've talked about the first one and my extreme emotional attachment with that movie. It was my second favorite of uh, 2019. Uh, great year for movies. Mm-hmm. I was looking back at that list earlier today. And I've just, I've been waiting with beta breath. I've been like genuinely angry. Like, just let me see it. Like, I just want to see it. I can't believe there's a sequel to this movie. It's been out for months and I can't get my hands on it. Well, lo and behold, this was finally the Tuesday where it popped up on Prime for purchase, and I threw down the $20 to go ahead and straight up buy it, because that's how bad I wanted to see this, and I crammed it in. It was the last, well, excuse me, Red Rocket was the last thing I watched, because I watched that earlier today. Um, But I watched The Souvenir Part 2 last night, and it was everything I could have possibly hoped it would be. Uh, okay. This is the follow-up, again, to Joanna Hogg's previous feature, The Souvenir, which was about a uh, young female filmmaker in the early 80s in England, uh, starting out in a student film program while she simultaneously meets a very interesting and intriguing, but uh, potentially dishonest man who she starts a relationship with. I won't go into too much detail. I believe the the first one is streaming on Showtime right now, if you have Showtime. It's rentable, obviously, as well. Part two picks up after the events of the first movie. And I mentioned before that there was a uh, 
a movie that was possibly more meta than the matrix mm-hmm. maybe more meta than a superhero movie that hasn't come up and i don't think it's going to spider-man no okay uh i haven't seen it but yeah we've had a lot of a lot of meta movies right, yeah. this year and i did not expect joanna hogg to deliver the most meta of them all Can but we essentially say that now what doesn't he own the rights to that word? Well, fuck him. No, okay. you can't just retroactively buy the rights to a word. You named your thing a thing that already exists. No. Yeah. No. Okay. Just check it. This podcast is available on Facebook, by the way. What? Yeah. We're on Facebook? They now? have a thing where you can just upload, you just put in your feed burner thing, and it just automatically, you know, just, just updates us. Oh. So it just will pop up on there. Okay. I think I put us in there. I definitely did it for bending, not breaking. Okay. Maybe well, I need the to person who handles the Facebook. Maybe I should have been consulted on that. No. Well, maybe you're the one who needs to do it because you have the login and shit. Yeah. Or maybe just, check into that because all you need to do is login. paste a link and yeah. you know we're we're good to go. Okay. Then you can send it to everybody. Just send me the RSS link. I'll do it. Anyways, part two is about the lead character, the filmmaker Julie, now in her basically senior thesis phase, if you will, mm-hmm. of her film program making her first feature and she's making a feature about what happened to her in the what first movie. just happened to her yeah and in the same way that the movie itself is a, obviously a very like semi-autobiographical story of joanna hogg's own life it starts to i mean it's it's like four layers deep of, of, of meta and it never loses any of its dramatic potency in the midst of all that. It's a lot about the creative process, how we process um, traumatic events in our lives into art, how we come to terms with them, um, how we reach a point of like being honest with ourselves and the people around us about what, you know, certain events have done to us. It's uh, it's very what I love about her movies, what I'm coming to realize and there's a lot of filmmakers that do this for me, but it's it's a very unique sort of thing. People who can distill emotions that are almost indescribable. You know what I'm saying? The kind of stuff that you internalize, and it's like, I know those moments, but it would be so hard for me to articulate that feeling mm-hmm. to someone. And it it is just one of those kind of intangible things where it's like, I feel like you could show this to some people and they'd be like, Oh, this is a very interesting movie, or like it was good, or, or oh, I didn't connect with it at all. Um, but the level of attachment I had to the first one, I was kind of reticent to like, I it's just not a type of movie that you would ever expect to get a sequel made to it. But now seeing it in its total, totality, um, I just these are two of my favorite films in recent memory. I absolutely love them. Again, I can't say everybody is going to like be hit on the like deep emotional level that I was, but these, these just did it for me. Uh, my number two is souvenir part two. Uh, it is again, purchasable right now, uh, but <laughs> eventually, eventually you got to be down from the get go. <laughs> you got to be down. Yeah. I wish I could have just given Joanna hog the money personally and told her how much I, uh, adored her first or her previous film, not her first movie. <laughs> She's made a lot of, a lot of good films as well. Many of which starring uh, old Loki, Tom Hiddleston, if people want to check those out. If you want to see him just doing some some good, just like naturalistic, dramatic character pieces, uh, maybe uh, check those out. Ar- Archipelago? Archipelago? 
is mm-hmm. one of them that I would recommend. And I've still got a lot of hers to catch up on as well. But uh, yeah, hmm. your number two, sir. Well, that's a tough act to follow. But my number two is the Suicide Squad. Dude, killer movie. Yeah, right there with you. Totally support this pick. Yeah. Have you? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm we... almost there. I got the finale to go. Oh, okay, I have not started yet. Oh my I've been God. a little busy with some Noah. other stuff. Noah. It's uh, Noah. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm very excited. I cannot wait for you to finish that. Okay. You you are saving yourself a nice after Valentine's um, Day treat. I I will say this. I'm not without even looking at my list right now. I I don't know where I had it, but I can tell you this. Suicide Squad in the midst of all of this Marvel stuff, all the Marvel stuff on TV, the what three Marvel movies we got this year? Yep. Suicide Four. Squad Four. quietly Four Marvel? Shang-Chi, The Eternal. Oh, I, almost, Widow, I forgot. And yep. Spider-Man. Right. All of that shit? Suicide Squad, quietly, the best comic book movie of the year. Yeah. And fucking completely tanked the box office. Yeah. I, you, which is a an even bigger travesty. Because that piece of shit that David Ayer made... Which was probably decent, and then the studio or whoever that trailer company was released the cut air to cut. shit. Released the air cut. <laughs> that movie made like seven hundred million dollars. Will Smith was in that movie, and it was also released not in the midst of a fucking global pandemic. That's, that's true. But I was so upset because you sit there and watch that movie on HBO Max, and I was like, I was so good, I should have gone to the theater. And then I was like, wait, no, nobody went to this. Oh, guys. Just I feel like if they release it later in the year, them. if you release it later in the year, you might get a little bit more. Once vaccines, you have been say that, on. but I understand their instinct because it's like, well, these Marvel movies are performing; they're not doing quite as well, but like they're they're putting up numbers. I just love the idea yeah. of like, we don't like you; you need to leave. But what I said was a joke all those years ago. We don't care; no, no tolerance, zero tolerance. Okay, and he <laughs> runs off and makes Suicide Squad. And then all the actors are like, we're not going to finish the third one without him. And they're like, okay, come back. And he's like, okay, I'll come back. Hey, Cena, you got a couple weeks? We can do 10 episodes real quick. You're going to be the guy from this movie that people hate, but also are going to learn to love. Want to do it? And Cena says, sure. And they make a fucking series out of a random character out of there. I have heard that it is arguably like the most James Gunn thing James Gunn has ever made so the series yes oh dude there's, it's an homage to every movie he's ever made I am it's so amazing. excited to watch it uh, I will again highlighting like blockbuster entertainment that does still work for me the final set piece in Suicide Squad is that's how you do a, a final set piece I'm sorry but yeah. like Marvel just just take a minute and like you can learn some things from the other side I know you don't think you can but so it was that I mean, to this that day, Starro set piece at the end is they still just incredible. Still, I when like every now and then I'll just when you know if I'm getting up to go somewhere, Bex will be like, "We're going, friend." I'm like, <laughs> "Hand <laughs> or see, dude." Again, King Shark. <laughs> like you just reminded me that he's in. It. I'm like, yeah, that's like the fifth or sixth most awesome thing about that yes. movie. Yes, um, everything just is firing on all cylinders in that polka dot man is great the fucking when they went the first scene where they're like taking out everyone it's like 
yeah, these are the rebel. Oh shit! Like, the, oh, dude. these are the resistance fighters. You just murdered all. I just of them. love the commitment to the bit and the tone. It's like, no, this is, and again, manages to be way more like dark yes. but still fun than the air one, right. which like just tried to be like. Oh, we're edgy as fuck. And you were like, okay, okay. Yeah, he pulls off more in that first sequence when it's like, all right, I'm going to start detonating detonating yeah. charges and all this stuff. Like, yeah, really. And the way it ties into the actual series, I think you will you will love the series almost as much as you Yeah, I really just like it launched and I... I I don't you know are what me. I was doing. You are in for a I, treat. I've been. I, I should have. I kind of just been saving them for. Myself. I should have done that, but I. I'm, I got. I might. Finished. I might dive in tonight after you yeah. get out of here because we're, we're finale's up now. We're wrapping up uh, very soon. Yeah. Uh, You're number one, my friend. My number one. Uh, I. I definitely stated this on mic at some point. It has not changed. My number one uh, is Bo Burnham's Inside. Oh yeah. Uh, which is available on Netflix. Again. If we wanna, if we wanna walk the line, and we if we wanted to do caveats, and not call this a movie proper or mm-hmm. whatever, and say that Killing of Two Lovers technically came out in 2020, then I could give you my 11 and 12. But fuck that; these are our list. Um, it's just it hit me harder than any piece of art that has related to the last two years. I think it will stand the test of time. I think it is brilliantly conceived. The fact that it truly, top to bottom, came from one person's brain in terms of the writing, the performance, the execution, how it was shot, everything. I think it's just a fucking towering achievement that even though I know it got a lot of love and like still has like stuck around in a lot of people's minds, I feel like because it was this kind of medium-breaking sort of thing that people still didn't quite know how to quality, like address it. And I think that's because it is something wholly unique and new and something that could kind of only come out of the last two years. So, well, no, I'm, I would even say further back than that, because this is the culmination of the YouTube generation. Well, the studio systems not having to put a ton of money, anything to get it made. Every indie piece of art you've ever seen in your life. And then a worldwide pandemic. It it fuses sight, sound. It's a perfect time capsule for what the start of the 2010s, sorry, the 2020s are. You know, when they when they find the fossil records from us after the atheist and the the um, other people start fighting. Mithraic, Mithraic, yes, I forget the name. When <laughs> the they sons fi- of Saul, bro. Yeah, yeah, when when the sons of Saul find a time capsule and they wonder. How how did they even survive back then? They will find this and be like, oh, this guy. Yeah, we, we like him. We Yeah, he's one of us. I was going to say, that's what that, it's gonna that be. aspect too, you talked about the culmination. Yeah. The other level of emotional attachment is I've been watching this dude's entire career. And there's right. not a lot of people I can say that about where I was like, I saw you when you started. I charted the growth. I saw you become a director. I saw you become an even more respected actor outside of the comedic realm. And then I saw you go even back you to a piece of shit in that one movie. Yeah, exactly. Not, not a, the biggest turd, but you, <laughs> you're, you're up still, there. You're yeah. still like you were that you were on the tape. Promising bro. young woman. Yes. See previous episodes. Yes. Um, but to bring it all back around to essentially 
what you started your career doing right. and the absolute like pinnacle of this is what you want from somebody any artist that you love you want this thing of theirs before they go yes. like you would want and again this stands in such a way where i'm like he never has to do anything this yeah. ever again he never has to do another lot i hope he does i would love to see him back on tour again i would love to get another album and more music etc but if he wants to just go off and be a director or a writer or just act in other people's stuff yeah i'm kind of like you made your you made your thing you, you made started your, your career this yeah. way you end your career this way as this thing to us anything you do from here on out i'll be behind yeah. because you are who you are yeah, but just yeah, nothing stuck with me more uh, from last year, and nothing really meant more to me at the time. And has I mean, the other again staying power is the fucking songs, dude. The songs are fucking bangers, yeah. and they're funny as shit. And the fact that I can queue them up on Spotify is a lot of why that movie has it has never come close to faltering for my number one slot. Uh, Bo Burnham's Inside, my number one favorite film of 2021 i'm so excited for where, where you're going man you, you you sure you want to you, you don't want to take a guess where i'm going i don't think you know i i am a little a little flummoxed as to what i'm doing where i'm going give me give me some hints let's play a game you uh this is definitely one that i found out because of you oh did you finally is this something you watched yeah. After a little ways down the road? No. No? Okay. Give yeah. me another clue. Um, trying to think of what would be a good one, good one for you. Um, if I, I don't know what's going <clears> to... <throat> I don't know what's going to make it where you won't... I can't really think of anything I would I could tell you that would let you like would Oh my god, this is fantastic. The, the, this is the number one on the list. Yeah, the well, I'm gonna give it away. If we're playing a game, I'm not gonna give it away to you that easily. All We've right. talked about it before at some point. You and I have talked about it. Okay. It has something to do with the thing I said has been coming back when you said Oh, hey, oh, yeah hell yeah just keep your head down you'll be all right <laughs> my number one is old henry as well it should be i'm i'm very glad to see fucking this one as you're amazing one. i'm so glad you like it brother d- so this is the part where i talk about other podcasts if you're not listening to american history tellers like a week after this was done i watched this they came out with a three-parter of his life dead before 22 all this stuff and i'm like almost, that's great it was like synergy and I, that's when i started thinking I know, i've been watching I just almost don't want you to say anything for people because this is a it's a small fucking movie. sleeper people i wish more shit it, yeah, no, no, i'm just, not gonna tell you what's what but one of the most beautiful reveals of like ever it's so good dude and it's the thing is it's there on tim blake nelson the entire time and it's not until he goes and gets his hat that you're like, motherfucker. Another, another underrated. Like, if we were doing our award show, he's in my my five best actors this year. Uh, for sure. Are you kidding me? Um, 
Old Henry is a throwback Western in a classic sense with a little bit of a revisionist brutality to it. And that's what I was going to say. In in so much as like the way, the way of the dog, power of the dog, not the way of the good, but the, yeah. The samurai the, or the gun. Yeah, you're right. But the power of the dog. Power of yes. the dog. It is set in that, because he, the son talks about like, why, why are we here with a, 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 you know, one plow? There are machines that do this now. We could just go do that. And he's, no. I'm not this. This is my home. This is my land. I'm I'm here. Well, he's clinging to uh, again, the last vestige a, like, of like the West, essentially. Yes. Even though it technically isn't the West, where it and you could and you it's could not even so much the again the actual like the romanticism of that. It's so tied in with the Bronco Henry character and like right. his look at masculinity and all right. of that and this posturing and so much other. Oh my God, that movie is so fucking layered. But anyways, Old Henry. Yeah. And it's basically this farmer and his son are, again, in this era of like the West has been tamed. It's one we're winding down. And it just so happens that random stranger random comes, stranger comes under mysterious circumstances right. that we're privy to, but they're not. Right. Tensions rise. And before you know it, we're essentially in a an assault on Precinct 13, Rio Bravo. Right esque scenario, right, and it it just it speaks to to me. It's almost saying like these stories were important if if we're looking at this movie in the context of what a western was. Two movies, they were important. They were the backbone of our entertainment industry. For a solid twenty to thirty years, there were they were just that's what we did. That was our story, as bad as it was, as shitty as it was, as what like America was. That's our story. We can't hide from it. We can't you know sugarcoat it with you know the westerns of the of the, of the past day and well know, and white and people the, playing Indians and shit like that. But this movie is saying that I may have to trick you. But when you realize what this is and what we're doing, you're going to realize that this type of storytelling and trying to at least tell the American story as is, whatever it may be, a Western, something like Lorelei or a killing of, of two, two lovers, lovers, whatever the American story is you're trying to tell, that's worth telling still. As much as it may be fraught with stuff and like may not be nice or anything that you may want to, you know, you may... You, just if, if your story is uniquely American and it's something that you're passionate about, it's good to tell it because we talked about it with television and we've mentioned it with stuff like with other movies here today. There's tons of voices and we're hearing a lot of voices all over, but just something about this and the way it was shot, the reveal that's in it that I don't I want to spoil, but I'm not. I say it all the time and it's cliche, but it is just you you aren't always living in the best time to be entertained and it does not matter. You can argue all you want about revisionist stuff and remaking shit with the matrix. But this to me speaks as to why like 2021 was the year that this movie came out. Um, We don't get movies like this anymore. So I'm glad that they're made in general. And if it makes people go pick up, you know, power of the dog or any other Western thing. I feel, I mean, 
you say it's coming back and like I say it's been happening for a little bit. Yeah. But a huge part of that we gotta acknowledge is something that you and I you just started taking part in and I haven't even dipped my toe into, which is Yellowstone, which is a modern western essentially, yeah. and then eighteen eighty three, mm-hmm. which is a period western now. Yeah. Which are two of the biggest shows on television. Yeah. Still geared towards that audience that still remembers like oh that was a thing that used to be a staple right of my movie diet mm-hmm. where those things go well now they're kind of on television right. um but yeah i i hope i just want more i mean we got again the harder they fall mm-hmm. power of the dog yeah old henry i'm sure there's another two or three in there we missed but like yeah yeah great year for westerns and that's yeah. There's it, all you know. Whether if you, you look around, there's usually yeah, a couple. Yeah, and, and that's fun. the thing. It's like that was why I love the heart of they fall so much is because it's like I wanted this story to be told before 2021. I know that was a thing, you know. Yeah, we've talked about it before with like when we did the run run the jewels thing. Killer Mike's been advocate that like uh, African American people had the most power seven years after Civil War because they were part of Reconstruction. So you know that there were people who didn't want to go back, people who had fought on one side that just said, I, I like carrying two guns on my side and living off the land. Fuck you. I'm out. Yeah. I'm going out west. So that's why I was so happy to see the hard they fall. And like, there's a quote in there, but like, you know, they they did live. These were their stories, whatever. I can't remember what the exact quote at the beginning was, but I was like, yes, thank you. Perfect. That's saying exactly what it is. You're not showing me this as like a, Oh, hey, look, it's a black Western. It's like, no, this is a fucking story. Whether or not these people are real or or what doesn't matter. Shit like this happened. This is not, you know, white people don't get to take credit for all the Westerns, too. Like, right. you have to tell those stories as well. And that's what I loved about that. But again, just what old Henry's did and the way it faked me out. And the whole time I'm thinking, why do I fucking know this name? Mm-hmm. Why is that name stuck to me and it wasn't until he made the comment about like no it was only me in them parts i was like no there's no way and i didn't go look anything up i was like put my phone over here i'm just gonna be here and i'm gonna see see where this leads and like i said when it ultimately leads to like the siege part and he's here's the thing you remove that element which we're still dancing around from the movie it still totally works fuck it's still great but the fact that that is in there it just it adds just, it takes it, it it's a little chef's kiss. Yes. It yeah. takes it from a good, you know, solid eight and a half, eight and a half, nine just all the a way. Good over. old school western right. to like, holy shit. Right. That was fantastic. And that when I that and that's Tim Blake Nelson who's amazing, but Stephen um Dorf. Dorf, yeah. He's great in it. There's a couple other bit players that you recognize from things that are really good in it. And Absolutely. Yeah. It my favorite of Huge recommend. Old Henry. Um, I will check in and see if that is streaming anywhere. But yeah. So uh, just real quick while I am checking on that, why don't you give everybody a quick recap and rundown? Okay. My number 10 was Army of the Dead. Number 9 was Mortal Kombat. 8 was Candyman. 7 was The Harder They Fall. Number 6 was No Man of God. Number 5 was Pig. And number. Four was where did I Lorelei. Number three was Killing of Two Lovers. Number two was Suicide Squad, and number one we just discussed, 
Old Henry, Old which is Henry. available right now if you have a Showtime subscription. I think we have Showtime anytime. We're going to have to watch also, that again. Um, also, of course, available to rent on Prime Video for 99 cents right now. Quite what? the steal. Go for it. Yes. Uh, okay. Real quick. Uh, number 10, Matrix Resurrections. At number 9, I had Drive My Car. Number 8 was Mass. Number seven, I had Bond's final outing, No Time to Die. Number six, Titan from Julia DeCarno. Number five, The Killing of Two Lovers, some crossover with Gavin. Number four, The Power of the Dog from Miss Jean Campion. Number three, Licorice Pizza from PTA. Number two, The Souvenir, part two from Joanna Hogg. And my number one was Bo Burnham's Inside. Um, everything I listed there, again, with the exception of Licorice Pizza, is available to watch streaming except for drive my car which will be available on march 3rd on hbo max which is probably how most people will want to take that three hour journey um i have an extended list i might publish this on instagram a few other movies i did want to shout out again you said retroactively it would have been on your list we both watched red rocket within oh, the last yeah. 24 hours the new sean baker movie which i was quite taken with it is a truly a, <clears throat> a tightrope <laughs> of tone um, and appropriateness the entire time that I could not take my eyes off of. Um, Simon Rex, again, in A Just World, would be in the in the five acting nominees. Just absolutely incredible performance. Um, and again, these, these non-actors that Sean Baker continues to find to populate the, the margins of the movie are just because so fucking the, good, dude. <laughs> the mom in Florida Project is a real actress, but the little girl isn't, right? I no, I think all I think everybody, everybody Defoe. outside of Defoe and Cable Landry, Landry Jones is his son for like one scene. Yeah, I think everybody are essentially found performers, as I understand it. Wow. And Tangerine, um, I, there, I don't think there's any professional actors. I think they're all Tangerine's the one he made on his iPhone, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, dude, if we could get that he, guy dude, and fucking Jeff talk about together. It. Talk about an unbroken streak, though. Um, Sean Baker's just killing it. Uh, Red Rocket definitely does not have um, the heart <laughs> that you may expect All coming from Tangerine <laughs> and, uh, and watched, Florida Project. But... I watched it last night, and at two different times, my roommate came in and was like, why is Bye 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 playing again? <laughs> at full volume. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what is this? What, why is she... Why is she playing that on the piano with her tits out? What do you? Let's go. What? What even is this movie about? I was like, I couldn't begin to tell it's you. It's about Mikey Saber, it's bro. Mikey Saber <laughs> XXX. Google him. Just do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Red Rocket is right now just now available to buy. Uh, I think it's like fifteen bucks on Amazon. Probably gonna have to wait a little while for it to be rentable or streaming somewhere, but. Highly recommend people check it out. We did will you, talk more in depth. That wait, was my number eleven. It was it was you, right there. Wait, did you rent this or you bought it? You had to buy it, bro. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it again. That's great. I know we had an Amazon I gift will card say on this, the account. So the fucking the the chef one would have been on my list. Boiling point, which yes. I wanted to shout out as well. That's my number twelve. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been on my list for real because I knew that one was a 2021, but I did not finish it i fell asleep and it was already unrented by the time it was over with so i don't oh. know what happens oh I'm, my god yes. you don't know what happens no i don't so oh, i'll finish that and oh man 
we'll discuss great movie boiling yeah. point starring Stephen graham we talked about yeah. it briefly um, i'm just gonna round out at least my top top 20 might as well uh come on come on with joaquin phoenix which I think you're just not going to hear about because I guess he decided not to campaign. He was like, don't even, I don't, I don't want to do it this year, but he would have been in the five. Mm-hmm. But I think that's why you're not hearing about the movie really at all. Did you, I take it you just haven't caught it yet. What? Because when you, you're number one, the way you were talking around it and you were like, it's something you turned me on to. And I was like, did you catch up with it later? Blah, blah, blah. Have you still, as of this moment, not watched Zola? No. It's on Showtime. I need to get the fucking Showtime thing on my PS5 and just log in and watch it. Okay. Uh, Zola was my number 14. Zola would have probably been on my list, too. I feel like Zola would have been Gavin's number one. Probably, yeah. I can't wait to hear what he thought of it, but uh, yes. Uh, Number 15, No Sudden Move for my boy Steven Soderbergh, who who already has another new one called Kimmy, which just dropped on HBO Max. That was a good one. Did you watch Kimmy already? No, No Sudden Move. Okay, I'm saying that's a film. Kimmy's a movie, a motion picture. He would no agree. sudden move is a, is a that film. was, but that was the joke with no sudden move is he was like, it's a film, but it's presented as a movie. Right, it's a movie that's secretly a film. <laughs> this fucking guy. Kimmy is a movie though. I thought he was done. <laughs> Every fucking time this guy says, dude, I'm he's done. making Mag- Magic Mike three later this year. I know. I, I fuck. Do you know how fucking excited I am for that, Noah? I I love that man so much. Kimmy is a great time though. You should check it out so we can talk about it. If they shoot that movie anywhere a cri- near here, a I'm going. crisp hour and a half zoe kravitz tech thriller you'll have a good time it's good stuff is it as good as antitrust <laughs> or devs sorry nothing tops devs, devs. Baby. okay i just told my new boss to go check out devs today she was like hell yeah yeah okay i'll go check it out like just prepare yourself my number 16 i can't remember if we've talked about it at all yet um a hero from asgard farhadi uh fantastic Ar- iranian morality play great movie that's available free on amazon prime for anybody who wants it oh okay i know which one you're talking about. really good movie check it out uh also available on amazon prime who had a pretty great year overall i think uh annette from leos carrick's and uh the sparks brothers what about encounter i still haven't watched encounter i need to watch encounter uh rounding out my top 20 uh at number 18 the Green Knight? Have you seen The Green Knight? Dude, I am trying... Where is it streaming somewhere? I is think it it's only rentable right now. That's I don't the only know. I saw I it in theaters, it. man. It's my what fucking would... namesake. I said this earlier this year. That was my... Or last year. It was my namesake. I have to fucking see this. It's my favorite art, art, art I, story. And I... I can't wait to talk with you about that. Yeah. So, yeah. We're, we're not going to be able to fully put 2021 to bed. We're going to still be playing catch-up, yeah. I feel like, into okay. this year. But this is the giant list I had. The massive list. And Zola, the Val documentary, and the Green Knight were definitely on there. Um, okay, uh, number Wrath 19. Man. Did you watch Wrath of Man? No, I wanted to Me just too. for the yeah, heart and yeah, out of yeah, it all. But, uh, okay, uh, number 19 was Suicide Squad, which you mentioned. And number 20, I just wanted to shout it out again because another one that I feel like uh, just completely tanked at the box office where in a normal year easily would have made like 150 mil and luckily it still managed to pull out a lot of the um, awards nominations King Richard mm-hmm. that's on my yeah that's uh, was fucking great and uh, I assume that will be circling back around to HBO Max yeah or already has I'm not quite sure uh, but yeah I'll stop there uh, I might publish this full list somewhere else so you can see the rest of the the, the top 45 of good movies um, uh, Kong, uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. Godzilla versus Kong. 
was my number 24. Um, One of my favorite blockbuster, big, dumb action movies of the year. Had a great time with it. What about Bad Trip? Bad Trip was my number 21. Absolutely loved it. Um, Have you seen Jackass Forever yet? No, I want to. I'm not allowed to see that in theaters. Okay. Because if there Um, are other people in the theater, it will be a problem. Just a few other ones I do want to show out. um, Pig, which was on your list. Yes. Which I had near uh, the card counter. Have you seen the card count? No, I want to. Our boy Oscar Isaac. Check that out. Did you watch Nightmare Alley? Yes. Liked it? Yes. Didn't love it? No. Okay. I, it was... I don't know if it's Bradley Cooper that I'm like, eh, but... I thought it was one of Cooper's best performances. I, yeah. Period. I, I just... I, Not enough I, Jackson Maine in there for you? <laughs> if you don't reach down in your fucking soul. <laughs> No, it's the his. All you gotta do is trust me. The his. I, I need more of the bodyguard. Our boy from uh, uh, Colt, not Holt. Mc, Mc, Holt McElhaney. Yes, I need more of him. I mean, I thought he had some great bits. Yeah, he there, was, but, he was pretty good. Um, um, okay, yeah, but I did appreciate but, but the camera work though, in that movie. Well, I mean, how could you not? But I'm looking back. I mean. Power of the Dog is obviously up there. If we're going to talk endings, uh, oh, Titan yeah. is also up there. But I'm sorry, dude. The final shot of Nightmare Alley no, no. is mm-hmm. one of the yeah. most fucked up things I've ever seen in a movie ever. And, and guess I what? Tim Blake Nelson's every... in that scene, too. He sure is, baby. Because <laughs> you forget about it, but Will, Willem Dafoe calls it early in that movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In one of the best scenes of the movie. And yeah. you're like, why are we doing this here? And you're like, if you have half a brain, right. you're like, oh, this is coming back. Yeah. Um, it's on HBO Max right now. Yeah. I got to say, I, looking back, just speaking objectively and what I like to see from the dude, this is my favorite Del Toro since Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. Yeah. I like this more than Shape of Water. I like this more than Crimson Peak. I mean, I know Shape of Water won Best Picture, but. I never watched Crimson Peak. It's solid. It's on uh, Netflix right now. Yeah. If you want to check it out. Um, Nobody. Nobody's uh, in my top. I enjoyed that. Top chunk here. I appreciate it. Also on HBO Max as well. Uh, You guys can catch up with this. Uh, The Last Duel is also on HBO Max. I'll check that out. That was like right there for me. Oh, I loved it in the It was so good. It was was higher up my list for uh, quite a chunk of the year. I fucking love how they cut to her and it's like. The lady, whatever. The truth. The, the truth. Yeah. I was like, fuck yes, man. But like that, that was one of those where I was like, okay, how did they do this? How do, how do you get, like, that's like a, it's like a thing with acting. It's like when you watch Damon's performance as him, you're like, he's just, he's just a good fucking guy looking out for himself. When you watch, you watch it, it with it Adam driver's Jeff, perspective, you're like, like fucking fuck this dick. fucking guy. Yeah, then, like you watch from her perspective, it's like, you're like, oh, bro, fuck both these bro, fucking guys. He is fucking cold as you're shit. You're like, oh, this they is, both suck. Yeah, they are both fucking terrible. Yeah. You know? You're like, um, I guess I want him to win this duel so she doesn't die, but like, I don't really have a yeah. dog in the fight outside of her fucking, not getting burnt. Fucking... <laughs> Kill this dude and make sure your wife is okay. Then fucking go die in the Crusades a couple years later because nobody have fucking likes you. Have the good decency you. to fuck off and die. <laughs> have Matt the Damon. good taste to die, yes. sir. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I love. I I thought it was great. Really, Scott. You know what's crazy? All these great ones. It, maybe it's coincidence or not. I, I've said it once. I'll, you don't like me doing this, but fucking 
watching them and then listening to people talk to Mark Marin about them, they just enriched the film so much better. I appreciate that. Yeah. Especially I mean, directors. And as it relates to our list, I will also shout out the Cumberbatch episode where they essentially had a debate over Power of the Dog, which I thought was fascinating. Yeah. Because Cumberbatch is essentially defending his character and like, well, I don't see it that way at all. And Mark Marin's like, I get that you don't see it that way. But that's the way it is, <laughs> you, you asshole, essentially, is what he's saying. And I love that he, he took the time to be like, we're going to get into this, so if you don't want to hear this... And oh, he spent the whole like week in advance telling you, watch this movie, because I want to talk to him about it, and I'm not editing the episode. Mm-hmm. He did like the most long-form spoiler warning. Yeah. Great episode. Um, I think we can wrap it up there, uh, unless there's anything else you like desperately need to shout out. Um. I was just going to add, just wondering where these things, um, where they landed for you. But now I'm, I, oh, the Fear Street Saga. I mentioned them as like what I watched around I Halloween. Never, never got to them, I would recommend them, now that they're all out, for anybody who loves horror movies and just has nothing to do for Netflix. If you want to save them to October, that's fine. But go and just watch all three of them back to back. They're just, it's fucking classic horror fun, dude. And I... I was going to put that as a saga as one thing. And then, of course, I started watching other movies and I was like, okay, you know, maybe maybe we can just scoot this down a little bit. Those Who Wish Me Dead? Again, solid throwback, solid, man. solid throwback thriller. Enjoyed it. What about The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard? Did you watch didn't the first one? Didn't see it. Didn't see the first fucking one. Fucking hilarious, dude. All right. He's good in anything. Um, but just to put it in perspective, Those Who Wish Me Dead, which I was totally like, great, solid, again, like nice 90s throwback movie. That's my number 53. Of mm. the year, um, just to put it in perspective, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah, and then I, I've, I've already made them out, but the the Marvel stuff I did watch, it was good. I would say all of them. Shang Chi is probably the best. I think Shang Chi definitely took the cakes. I don't get what people didn't like about the Eternals. I thought it looked amazing. I I, I appreciate it, it. Like garbage. I was very upset with the visuals personally. Really? On did you watch it at home or in theater? At home. Maybe it plays better. Yeah. Um, Look, man. You're saying maybe it plays better smoothed out for streaming and everything. On the big screen, I, I just, I was like. You need an IMAX? Maybe. I don't know, dude. I mean, and it was like shot to shot, honestly. I was like, that looks good. That looks terrible. That looks good. That looks terrible. Um, I have a lot of issues with that movie. We can't get into them now. No, I, we don't I have would to. be here for another hour and a half. And um, I've said it before. I said it again. Black Widow. All these are up on Disney Plus now. Black Widow is worth watching. Spider Man will be there eventually. So oh, I can can't wait for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I still give the slight edge to Shang-Chi. Um, just because it's fucking good. This year. It's fucking fun. This is just a solid origin story and honestly some of the best action in the entire MCU. Some of the best fight choreography. You excited for Moon Knight? Very. Me too. Um, incredibly excited, good. actually. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't have any other ones I could uh, I could think of. So you want to give me your uh, two-by? We can do that. Well, one last final one I will shout out because it's been a while and I can't remember if I brought it up much. My number 22 of this year, which uh-huh. just kept sticking around up near there, it's called Writers of Justice, um, starring Mr. Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. I knew this. Yes. It's now on Hulu, which again is a deconstructionist revenge movie, quite unlike anything I've ever seen before. And if you are a fan of action movies or revenge movies, I think you just owe it to yourself to see it that's all i have to say writers of justice that's the last movie i want to mention okay uh so yes we have 
pretty much closed the book on 2021. We, of course, kicked off January with Gavin's belated birthday bash. That's why we didn't have a uh, 2x2. So we're launching 2x2 in the second month of the year, which only makes perfect sense. And uh, we're going to announce right now the first picks kicking off the year. Again, the only rule is the film has to be at least 10 years old to qualify. Mm -hmm. What is your pick? For the inaugural two by two retro review of season three, very nice to say that. Now this is the third third season of doing this. <clears throat> I want to go back in time, Noah. I mean, obviously I we have to go back in time back. with any of these. I want to take it back. Take it back to twenty do 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 twenty twelve. A little movie with Jordan Gordon Lewis. Lupa. I want you to watch Looper. Looper is 2012? It's 2012. Has it really been 10 years yes, since Yes, it Looper? has been. I think we can talk about it now. Okay. And, yeah, Looper. Looper is on Netflix, which yes. is good because for some reason I don't own this. Um, I own it. It's, I got a Blu-ray, but yeah. Thank you for giving me this gift. You're I'm welcome. looking forward to it. I haven't rewatched it in a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to do a 20-year anniversary. Oh, okay. What do we got? It's what a, do we got? It's a two-hander as well. Okay. They're not the same person. Spoiler. Ugh. They are police Har- officers. Harley Davidson, the Marlboro Man. No. The last of the finest. No. One of them uh, might be a little dirty. Bad Lieutenant. <laughs> Port of Call. New Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> um, no. 2002. Gritty. In your face. You in the oh, office, baby. Where did this come from? Oh, no. That's 2001. Oh. Right? Or is that 2000? I don't know. I don't know. You want to do that instead? <laughs> what are you? I'm trying to guess, but you're going to give me now. It's in. It's in that vein. It's, it's huffing the fumes of that, but the best version of huffing the fumes of that. Is it Armored Car? No. What is the best post? Crash. No, you're in. You're you're getting. I'm so money. Warm. I just don't know. No, you're getting weirdly warm. Are we doing Point Break. No, but good. These are all great suggestions. <laughs> you there there there's two cops. One of them might be dirty. Yes, and this is a director who started out very strong, and we to like live a and lot. die in L.A. We did that. We did I know. That. I just want to do it again. This is a director who started out very strong, um, and I I think has just been I I don't know what the story. Maybe he's difficult to work with. There's been there's been a lot of like start and stop projects, um, and he's a guy who I Saints. think had a lot of promise initially. Good, great guess. No, two but, All Saints Day. <laughs> yeah, because they were cops in that movie. I'm giving you clues, and you're just not. I'm tr- I'm stalling for time. I have no. I idea. I told you you were close when you said crash. Does this help at all? Hollywood Homicide. <laughs> Can you imagine if I made you watch Hollywood Homicide? Not a good movie. Not a good movie. Hmm. Gritty. Gritty. In your face. Shaky cam. Um. Beloved 80s actor. Beloved 90s actor. Oh, I know this. I know this. Uh, Cameos by 
musicians. Your brother makes music under a name that sounds really similar oh to the my title God. of this movie. Rush. You rush. You really you watch Rush. <laughs> We're doing Narc <laughs> from twenty from two thousand two. Yeah. All you the, had to uh, shave was fucking you should have just said Joe what's his face? And I Joe Carnahan, I said, a director who started out with a lot of promise, who we like a lot, who's just kind of had a raw right. deal. All you needed to say, the clues I needed were two cops, one of them's dirty, the guy who made it made the A-team. Boom. Narc. Oh, I mean, I didn't, yeah. But then we wouldn't have had all of this great content. You and you wouldn't have all these other movies you wished you were giving me? Is that what you're saying? I mean, you just gave me a bunch of ideas. I'm just yeah. writing all those down. And, mm-hmm. you know, don't be surprised when they show up soon. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you want to step it up, we can do two by two bys anytime you want. Four by fours. Let's uh, let's take it easy in our old age. Yeah. Um. I think that's a pretty solid pairing. Yeah. Looper and Narc. Yeah. One word. That's the commonality. One word titles uh, that are essentially two handers, uh, with guys just acting their asses off. One word titles. Two hander films. <laughs> One word, two hands. <laughs> ten years apart. Yeah. Again, one's a 20, one's a 10-year I cannot believe Looper is 10 years old. Fucking yeah. time flies, bro. Mm-hmm. Wow. But yeah, Narc, one of those... Think about, like, I saw that on DVD shortly after it came out. I was 12, bro. Yeah. I was 12. <laughs> yeah. I was 12. <laughs> what a fucking movie, man. Um, God, what? I would have been... Fuck, 14? Yeah, so it is... Uh, Yikes. I have a shitty full frame DVD copy of it. I think I do too. Um, but I swear I just started watching it the other day and I fell asleep after the bathtub thing. I remember watching that and going to sleep. And then for some reason, like a week later, I was like, I'm going to watch rush. I've never seen rush. (laughs) I was like, Oh look, Sam Elliott's in this too. (laughs) Um, Looks like it's available on Epics. We'll figure out a way to watch it. But uh, you should you should get us Epics so I can fucking finish the War of the Worlds I've been trying to watch ever since the Gabriel Byrne World. Okay, I we can figure out how to do that. But uh, you got to sign in as me or like I can yeah, send you okay. a gift card. I'll send you ne- a gift card. Next episode, folks. Two by two retro review, season three, episode one. Narc and Looper. Check those out, uh, and we'll be back to discuss those soon. And then. Uh, shortly after that, we'll be back with an Oscar predictions episode where we'll get more into uh, Clarp. What's that? If you put Narc and Looper together, it's Clarp. Sure. I'm trying to think of a way to <laughs> mash them together. Sorry. Yes, the Oscars are coming Because up. that's what we do with every I don't two by know. two? It's, they're one word titles, they're two hander movies. I'm just trying to figure out something fun. We do have the Oscars coming up, another fucking award show to be let down at, but you know, it is what it is. Have you heard the host? No. I was excited by this. Who is it? But other people apparently are indifferent or upset. I don't know. Um, are they funny? Amy Schumer, who I like, who I enjoy. She's good. But I, I'm going in ascending order. Though. Oh, it gets better. I But here's the question. Is I don't know how you would flip-flop these next two. Wanda Sykes. Okay. I know you, everybody loves Wanda Sykes. Yeah. And Regina Hall. Okay. Those are your three three hosts, apparently. Fucking pandering. Yeah, I was going to say, really, I'm like, an in, it's one of those where I'm like, well, any of them could have done it individually. Yeah. They also could have done it 
in multiple pairs out of that group, but I also don't understand what the common thread is between any of them. Other this than is Hollywood have, saying, I'm sorry about me too. Two stand-ups and a hilarious actress who's great in everything. Yes. Um, I, I, I don't know, but yes, no. This, this is, is the apologist me too choice. They're only doing it now. It's the apologist for me too, and it's the apologist for Chadwick Boseman getting snuffed. Out he wasn't like, snubbed. I wanted no. He was we, no. Okay. No, I watched no. the father. He was. When did you watch the father? About a week after he won. No, you didn't watch the father. I didn't watch the father. I don't give a damn. I'll watch the father any day, and I'll still tell you Chadwick Boseman should have won that Oscar. I was fully prepared to come in here after watching the father, and say that they got it wrong and be incensed. And I watched the father, and I couldn't do it. They got it right. No, they got it right. They really did. Yeah. Well, there's no accounting for taste. There's no accounting for taste. <laughs> okay. That's just something. Have you people. no decency? That's just something. Ampats. Have you no decency? Ampats. Okay. I. I mean, come on, man. Really, you just. You could have. There's never been better proof that that shit is not rigged, though, than that the entire broadcast was centered around him winning that award, and he didn't win that award. Like, you remember how they did Best Actor last? Mm-hmm. I know. Everybody thought he was going to win. Everybody. Right. Steven Soderbergh certainly did. Yeah. Because he's funny. he was fucking good. And guess what? We don't get another fucking movie from him. So maybe... I don't know whoever reads the name. Read the wrong one again, and you just tear the tear. I think the... we do get one more, actually. I don't think we do. I'm do pretty we? sure there's one more. Do you? Are you? What would it be? Why do I feel like there was one that was? Like, uh, you never got his mind. Voice and what if? We got lost it. in the weeds. We need. We do need to end this episode. Oh yeah, we do. Okay, this has been our 2021 uh, favorite films. Because we're Delta Blessed. Airlines and life is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I should Bex that bit. Can I go home now? From from fucking John okay. Lady. We still need to have a discussion at some point about Station Eleven. I would love to have that discussion with you. Okay, we can do that. Yeah. Not right now. Can you tell me what I need to watch now? I need to go watch what? What did I say I was gonna watch? Oh, TV stuff? No, no, movies. I need to finish that that the the chef one. Boiling point. Yes. I need to finish that one because I don't know what happens. Right. Tatane. Zola. Zola. Okay, yeah. Zola, Tatane, and then the... Just listen back to this episode when I post it. And you'll... Well, yeah, I mean, I listen to everything I'm on. Stuff I'm not on, I don't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Of course. All right, so this has been our, our personal <clears throat> convoluted but meticulously crafted lists of favorite films for 2021. Hopefully... We can have the same amount of fun next year. Gavin. They opened their podcast apps. <laughs> they read the episode description. I they say, chose to download a streaming. I say... Let them listen. 